Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I hear you guys fine. I hope you hear me. Absolutely. We hear you just fine, brother. Happy Saturday. Beautiful Saturday outside. It really is. This is the. I guess it. This is to me the best sports time of the year, the best weather time of the year. I'm like, this is my time. I agree with you 100%. Even though. In my mind, spring and, and fall are pretty much the same seasons going in different directions. But I agree, fall time is the best time of the year. Yeah, I like it. One, I like the colors. Two, I like that I don't have it. It's the in-between the AC and heat time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Comfort. As you get older, you respect comfort that much more. A 100%. And you know, and and I like when my bill goes down for two months. <laughs> that part, Rob. That part. <laughs> We're gonna give a, another minute for people to catch up. Twitter is not being kind this morning, this afternoon, rather. So, and then we'll get started. I had a lot going on this week in this country. A lot going on. Yeah, guy up in Maine killed himself. He should have just did that in the beginning. Instead of um, shooting all those people, killing all the people, and then you, doing what he should have done. You you might as well go ahead and get started, beloved. Go ahead. Start right <laughs> <No>. there. <laughs> when are we going to address the seriousness seriousness of the gun issue in this country? I mean, it gets to the point now where that used to be major news. When that happened the other night, we didn't even stop talking about um, what's happening in sports because it's become too routine, as sad as it is to say. You know, when is it? When are the interests of the um, innocent people in this country going to uh, take precedence over the uh, gun companies and the gun industry and the gun lobby? That's a great question. But, you know, it's it's like what someone said. When um, people were able to get away with not making, not passing gun laws after little children were killed, murdered in schools up in, in, in Newtown in Connecticut, the game had changed forever. Because that took away the impetus of, of making any type of real change. So there's going to be outrage now and there's going to be thoughts and prayers. And in about a week or so, we'll be back on, on the same path we were before. Right now, it's like wash, rinse, repeat. I, I agree with you, Brother Rule. I thought that you know, was really horrific. But once they said he was military, I thought it was e they were either going to find him dead or they would still be looking for him. <laughs> you know, uh, they seem to have problems with military trained gunmen. You know, the police force in, in trying to 
locate them or outthink them, you know, I, I, I just will never know exactly why he did what he did. But they did say that he was in the hospital for two weeks and he was talking about shooting up someplace. So I'm not even sure why he was allowed out of the hospital. I would assume at 40 years old, he had some sort of post-traumatic stress disorder, but I'm not sure. We, you know, we still need more information, but I see Rob's hand up and Benajah's hand up. So Go ahead, Rob, then Benajah. I think Benajah was before me, but that's I can wait. Okay, Benajah, go first right, and then cool, Rob. Cool. Um, I just really think about the um a mass shooting thing. I mean, you know, that more than not, like that this is just sad. Like this is just really, really sad that we have to constantly go through this uh cycle where it's like, you know, this uh a mass shooting happened, these people were killed, and then it's like all right, like in the media uh it moves on and it's like Things just get so tiring, I guess is like the word to use, but it's just like, when are things going to change? Like, and it just seems like sometimes like, and things just won't change because our politicians and our country as a whole, they're just too, they're just too much uh, in the back pocket of these, uh, and gun companies. And it's just like, when are they going to put people over profit? And that's just like the most sad thing about this is that there are people who get killed every day with guns. Like, and it's not just uh, in mass shooting victims. Even then, when you look at uh, inner city areas, there are people who get killed daily, you know, from guns. And it's just like we live in a culture that uh, and glorifies violence uh, and glorifies guns and killing uh, and all these things. And it's just like for there to be this real shift as far as going away from, you know, guns and, like, just getting real um, uh, and gun control, it has to start with the politicians because they're, because that they're in the back pocket of these uh, and gun companies. So, like, and the change is really going to have to start with them. Absolutely. Um, one of the things, one of the things that goes against, um, really fighting against um, really fighting for gun control is that these big issues, these these big stories happen, although they happen often, they happen periodically, and they happen, they're spaced out just enough for us to go through the same um, routine over. It's become routine, as sad as it is to say. The shootings happen, we express outrage, we uh, the same people um, give their thoughts and prayers. We have talk about. Then the thing is, we can't make this political because it's not political. It's not about the guns. It's a psychological problem. Um, then we said we we so we can't talk about gun control right now because if you try to talk about gun control, it's political. And then they're able to run out the clock until the next big issue happens, and and we forget about gun control once again. So. It's, it's happened so often that it's become routine and there, a playbook has developed on how to uh, avoid that. Um, the sad thing is every poll shows that most Americans, all sides of the aisle, are for uh, some type of gun control. But when we go, when, when we go to the voting booth, oftentimes gun control isn't our number one issue. 
And even if it isn't a number one issue, it should be a high enough issue um, for for you to um, want to make some type of change. And and that's where we are right now. Hey, Rob. So in general, I agree with everything that's being said. But right now we are in a society, 330 million people and over a billion guns on the street. So, you know, if there's, you know, if you can do a do over, I agree. The issue is we can't do a do over. We are where we're at. So now that what can be done going forward, uh, as far as I know, I agree there needs to be some sort of gun control. I actually am a firm believer, I forget his, Dick Gregory basically said, everybody who has a gun has to have insurance. And eventually, if things happen, your insurance rates are too high, you can't have a gun anymore. You know, it's just like a car. A car is a weapon too. You can run over 100 people and eventually, you know, things are going to happen. So, you know, by the way, shout out to rest in peace, Dick Gregory, first man to black man to run for president. But anyway, I digress. But there needs to be something done because guns are going to be in the street regardless who, you know, what we want and what's going to happen. And people who are not supposed to have guns are going to have guns anyway because they're going to do it just like everything else that's illegal in the street. If you want to get it, you can get it. Uh, as far as the climate today, more people are actually getting guns because you can see on the street, things are getting a little hazy here. You know, there's a lot of violence running around all over the place and people are insecure and they're getting weapons because of what's going on. Be it whatever it is, whichever side of the party, there's actually more liberals now getting guns than conservatives because of that. So the, the question is, what can be done for the future to have some sort of control? Because to get, you can't, nobody's going to get rid of guns. That's just not going to happen. And that's the thing is like, what can we do to change the outcome versus, you know, yeah, what we want is not going to, it's just not going to happen. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're talking about um, a want versus reality. Um, the reality is um, this country is flooded with guns right now. Um, so many guns that I believe that we don't have enough. Am There's a shortage of ammunition to keep up. So this country is flooded with guns. So saying um, ban guns, that's not going to happen because you're going to have to get those guns out of everyone's hands. So it's it, it took decades for us to get to this point. It would have to take decades that, or, and plus in order for us to get out of it. Uh, so I, I agree with that 100%. Nevertheless, that effort has to start somewhere. And like the old saying goes, if you move a grain of sand, you change the world. So there's a lot of grains of sand that we have to move in, in order to do this. Um, 
first step that you can do is um, ban ban these automatic weapons. I mean, there, there's no need. I mean, consistently when we see these mass murders, is is being done with the is being done with the same weapon over and over. You know, there's no reason for for us to have those type of weapons on the streets for protection. You start. I agree with you, beloved. I agree. Yeah, you start there, and, and and then you work your way forward. Also, something that isn't discussed often enough: people like to um, focus on mental illness. I think there's a psychological impact that having a weapon has on people. And you've seen it in various walks of life. If, if you grew up in the hood, you see someone who before they had a gun was, I mean, for lack of a better term, they were considered soft or considered punk. And once once they had a gun, there's a there's a sense of empowerment they had and they were willing to use it, their reputations changed altogether. Um, I, I, I've, I've, I've witnessed that where people beforehand were looking at one way without a gun, and once they had a gun and they showed a willingness to use it, they were looked at totally different. So there's an intoxicating feeling a gun is going to give anyone by having it. But some people, uh, it, it, it just goes to the next three or four levels. So there, there are many things that, that we can look at in order to curb this gun issue in this country. But the first thing is 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 to um, quite frankly, based on the based on a, a number of polls that are out there, the first thing is is for the people to um, impose the will of the people onto the politicians. The people should be able. The people should make their voices more powerful than the money that the that the lobby and the gun industry is giving these politicians. Because one thing these politicians want to do, they want to stay in office. And if you and if you speak up and 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 you impose what what these polls are saying, and you say you want some type enough people speak up and they say they want some type of gun control, then those politicians are going to have to listen. I agree, but these politicians. Manipulate, manipulate the everything. So it's real easy because they throw in the Constitution. You know, sir, these politicians ha- have a great talking, you know, whatever it is, narrative that's better. Talking points. Talking yeah. points, yeah, narratives that they, that they speak that's hit a lot of American people, you know, like, whoa, you know, you're 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 want to change the constitution whatnot you know first of all you know if you read the constitution then i should be able to have an f-16 in my backyard because whatever the government has i'm supposed to have so the government can't take over so i don't see a tank in my yard and i don't see an f-16 you know when it was written they were talking about muskets you know so to me that's a totally different topic so if you're gonna mm-hmm. if you're gonna base it on reality, then I want to see a couple of F-16s, maybe a nuclear weapon here and there buried in my backyard, 
and a couple of tanks. So this way, if the government decides to do a takeover, you know, against the people, I can fight back the same way. That's what it was created for. So, right. you know, but the reality is, is that their talking points hit harder. You know, the agenda is like on point where it gets through versus other agenda it doesn't it doesn't hit as hard if that you know it makes sense yeah the talk the talking point actually becomes a, a exploitation of of of, of the uh, constitution itself um, because if you look at it in context if we were to go strictly by what the constitution says we would not have a standing u.s army right now we're not supposed we're supposed to have a navy but we're not supposed to have an army we're supposed to have an army that's called up it's only called up um, in a time of need. So that's why you had the Second Amendment, because it, the Second Amendment um, allows states, and states at that time had much more power than they do now, it allows different states to call up the militia. And so that's why it says a well-armed militia. There's a reason why I said it speaks on a well-armed militia, because, and the militia today is basically the Army Reserves. So that's why the that's why the reserves are controlled by the governor of each state. Every state has its reserve, and the reserve is called by the governor of each state. So there, there's a lot of exploitation of, of of what the law is, and there's a lot of things that that we have today that are that are unconstitutional. Because as I said, we're not supposed to have a standing army, and it pretty much states standing the cop. I forget the citation, but it, it states that the army is supposed to only be called up at a time of need. Federal. I agree with everything that's being said. And for everybody that's just joining us, we're talking about the mass shooting that took place in Maine. And uh, it was a vet that was responsible for it. They found him dead. He killed himself. So Everybody can feel free to join in. I see uh, Teresa, you could go ahead and speak, and then Ray. I feel for the people that had to shelter in place for two days. That had to be scary as hell, you know? And then I started watching it because I saw something on, oh, no, it was a post that Wu did. And he said a lot of people got killed in Maine. And I was like, what? And I looked it up, and I saw 22 people dead, 50-plus injured. This man was walking around shooting people. How did it get to him being in three places without anybody stopping him? Was it? You know, because it was in Maine. I don't know. No, but, he's military trained, so that's not odd to me. I didn't think they would catch him anytime soon because of his military training. But go ahead. Really? Mm -hmm. Is that why they couldn't find him? Mm -hmm. Until they, they actually wanted to be found, I guess. Yeah. They actually interviewed some. They actually interviewed someone that he trained, and the guy was talking about how smart he was. And he said, "Honestly, if you're gonna 
if you're going to capture him, you're probably going to have to bring in the military to capture him. Because he, he, he had everything planned out. Now, you talk about some, some of the saddest stories. One of the saddest stories I heard was within that bowling alley, you had a cornhole tournament um, with a bunch of deaf people. So there are a bunch of deaf people that were amongst those who were killed in in that shooting. And I, obviously they were deaf, so they never heard the gunshots. So there's someone who's telling the story of, of, of his brother who was amongst those who survived that. But so but imagine that. Just turning from side to side and you see your friends falling and you don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, that 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 right there is a lot to digest. You know, I didn't know that there were people here that were hearing impaired in that bowling alley. That that makes it even more tragic if that is even possible. Right. What say you, Ray? Hey y'all. Um hope you guys are doing okay on this Saturday. Um I joined in a little later, not not too long ago, and um, I, I think the only thing that's coming to my mind is, um, well, I thought about this one saying that I heard coming up: if you want to, you want to hide something from people, you know, whether it's black people or people in general, put it in a book. And I'm like, yeah, things are, I mean, that's true to an extent still, but it almost seems like those rules have expounded. If you want to hide something from people, completely distort things in the news cycle. You know, um, we got to get the money out of politics, man. And uh, I see they're working on people in Congress and people in the government not being able to not being able to hold certain stocks. Um, And they're still working on that. I think that the principle itself is is pretty useful in that um, I think it applies to across the board. You know, in terms of like people in Congress should just not be in bed um, with such powerful sectors. And and um, like Rule said, I, I don't think anything is going to happen unless the people let it be known. But like Rob said, there's just a lot of misinformation out there um, and people are controlling that narrative, which controls the masses. You know, they'll, they'll say uh, instead of we want they want gun control, reasonable gun control or reasonable laws, you know, controlling guns. They'll say they're trying to take your guns away from you. They'll just uh, <laughs> just present a, a take that's like not nuanced at all. Um, and I feel like the right, they do that. They oversimplify things um, without really speaking to the heart of the issue just to be able to advance the agenda. So to be quite frank with you, just just for me personally, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I grew up in a household that didn't have any guns. I grew up around a lot of guns in the South Bronx, but we didn't have that stuff in my house. Um, and I, as somebody who's never really had to use a gun, I just felt like the only solution was for me to go and get a gun. Um, and even in situations, um, I don't carry the gun around with me at all. Like It stays in the home in the event of something transpires. Um, so to be quite frank with you, I just, I think we're, I've just kind of lost hope in this situation. And 
I've just kind of turned to my faith. You know, I've just said, look, I'm going to have to just live my life well. And when my time comes, my time comes. And um, if if I'm able to do something to protect my family or those around me, you know, regretfully, I'd be willing to to bear arms for that situation. But outside of that, you know, I, I just uh, I think I think the powers that be the individuals that control the news cycle, um, the individuals who are funding the people who are in politics. I just think that they have so much power at this point in time. And I'm unsure as to how we speak, we speak truth to that power. So that's why I continue to show up to these conversations to, to hear what other people have to say. Um, you know, just to be quite frank, cause I just put my head down and say, you know what? I pray not me or anyone that I love. I pray not anybody period. Um, but what would you have me do? You know, I, I vote <laughs> every single time I can, you know, I try to stay informed as much as I can. And it, it I, I, I tell you, it feels like a rudderless ship. And especially as somebody whose kid is due any day now, um, like literally any day now, it, it, it just, there's a sense of helplessness, but um, I'm mm-hmm. going to continue to do what, what I need to do, you know, which is try to try to vote, not try to, but vote every time I have an opportunity to, and to try to do as much reading and intake of, of knowledge that'll hopefully dispel some of the ignorance that I have myself. So I just wanted to share that. I mean, I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. You could be against guns, but the reality is we live in a world where you drive up to a gas station, mind you all doing something as simple and mundane as filling up your car and you have some knuckleheads approaching you with a gun. You know, as we said, as we said on here before, fear is the number one currency in this country in regards to politics, in regards to industry. I don't think there's any industry that's bigger in this country today than security. And you got to keep that fed. And guns are just part of security. I mean, you you walk through neighborhoods and you'll see an ADT sign here and you see all these people advertising their um, security systems for their homes. I mean, you have people who are doing home invasions. So you're not even safe within the confines of your own home because someone feels like they're obligated to what you worked hard for. So, you know, I don't, I I have sympathy for, for everyone who owns a gun. I've thought about getting a gun. I'm thinking seriously about getting one. Because that's the reality of the world that we live in today. So I guess I am contributing to the fact that fear is the number one currency in this country. And people are making billions of dollars off of it. So so you live in Virginia and you don't have one? I would neither confirm nor deny. No, I don't have one. (laughs) True. But but, but seriously, that's... that's, when, When I was... When I admitted to that just now, I'm thinking, well, what if someone is listening? And they, saw, and they just heard, oh, he doesn't have a gun in his house. That makes it easy for, that makes him an easy target. That's fear. That That's fear. That, that's, that's fear as a currency in this country. 
everything in the country state, comes down to money. Hmm? Living in a state where you can walk into Walmart and buy a gun. No, I, you don't even have to have ID. You just walk into Walmart, say I want a gun, and you get a gun. That's crazy. You can walk, you can, what do they call it, carry? Mm-hmm. You can carry without a license in the state of Georgia. The governor of Georgia's uh, campaign slogan, I mean, one of his campaign uh, ads had him sitting in the living room with his family and everybody had a gun. And another one was him with a rifle and his daughter's girlfriend, uh, his daughter's boyfriend looking like he was scared. Like, oh. This is not funny. What can we do with these politicians? And I think that he won because of those ads. You know? And Rob, I had a question for you. What can we do? Is there a way to stop the politicians from using the lobbyists? That's the thing. It got to me. Let me let me call it what it is. Republicans use the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. And I'm going to say, and I hate to say this, Americans in general, they're they're not smart people. So if you keep your thing simple for the stupid people, they get it. Democrats kind of go with a hard, a smart logic and like, oh, that's way above my my brain. And I'm I rather, you know, I listen to the dumb things. And so they, they have like they're trying to take our guns. That's the narrative. So you can understand that. Then when you get into the complicated things of it, like, no, we want to just do this and this and this like whoa that's way too much you know we live in a microwave society been saying this for years you want it you want it put something in a microwave two minutes later the food's done and you can eat it that's the way every narrative has to get out you know the attention span in this country is two minutes that's what it is so if you can't get your point across within two minutes and you start going deeper into issues then people just fall apart. Oh, look, squirrel out there. And that's it. They're done. You lost them. So that's the reality of things. But like, you know, Ray said, the rules said, you know, to me, it seems like liberals are, get, are getting, you know, not liberals, you know, but people who are normally against having guns are getting guns now more because of the craziness that's going on in this country. And I find it funny that, you know, every time there's a cycle and things happen in America, People, well, that can't happen in Texas because everybody has a gun. So if somebody pulls a gun and tries to shoot somebody, he may get one person, but everybody's going to pull out a gun and shoot him back. Well, you know who has that law too? Maine. And you know who didn't shoot anybody back? The people that were murdered and the people that were injured. Maine, you can get a gun as well, just as easily as you can get in Texas. So that narrative was just debunked completely. So they can't even use that narrative anymore because everybody brings that narrative up like, hey, what happened in Maine? Why did nobody shoot back? 
So you see, that's where it comes down to. You know, people tell stories, you know, because maybe one person shot back, but they're going to live on that story. But meanwhile, hundreds of people are being murdered and nobody shoots back because for shock value, they're not they're not looking to pull a gun. So that's where it, you know, it has to be passed through. You know, somebody says, oh, that can't happen in Texas. Well, tell me what happened in Maine. Simple. I'm not saying, you know, do this, do that. Well, Maine has the same laws. So that's where I come from. You got to keep it simple for, for everybody because those are the talking points that are used, you know, that are, that, that are just not filled with anything, just their sentences. And a person can grab onto a sentence versus a chapter or a paragraph. Right. And of course, and of course, it's happened in Texas. It happened in. What's the name of the, the school in Texas? That what city of all day? Of all day. Right. It happened in of all day. And, and the uh, police officers were scared to go into the building because they were outgunned. Quite frankly, they didn't have the kind of guns to match up with the with, with the shooter had the teenage kid had. Uh, you know, so that's where we are. I mean, I understand. I understand people um, wanting limited. Lo- I mean, because I have a grandfather. My grandfather, when he passed away, thirty-five, forty years ago, he had about ten different rifles. But he was a hunter. But he had ten different rifles lined up, uh, stacked up in his room. So I understand people uh, wanting guns and 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 not um, wanting a limitation on their guns, but there's that, and there's the reality of the world that we live in today. You know, guns are guns are more accessible now to people than they ever have been before, especially illegally. And you know, that's another question you have to ask: Why is it so easy uh, to flood the street with a lot of illegal guns? Because oh, that's that's a simple answer. If you go to Florida, for mm-hmm. example, in Orlando. Like every right. other weekend at the fairgrounds, there's a a gun sale thing. And most of them are licensed. But then you see people walking around with guns and they have this orange flag in their nozzle. And those are people that are just selling their own guns, but they didn't buy the table. You know, it's like a like a flea market, basically, for guns. So, so anybody can fly or drive to Orlando and walk around that that fair and buy as many guns as they want with no ID because they're basically buying it from a single seller. And he just wants to get rid of his gun or for whatnot. You know, he got a better one, whatever reason it is, <clears throat> and fill their trunk and take it back anywhere they want. That's the way it's done. That's not counting others that are just doing it illegally, selling it under the table, you know, without. But that's the easy, easy way. I bought three guns in Florida myself that way because it's cheaper and it's a used gun. And if it looks good, you know, one just basically had a, a scratch on the barrel but was brand new, never used, was sold for half price. I was like, well, I'll, I'll take that one. I got it for my daughter. I mean, you know, that's because it's the same gun 
that she used at the time at the in the Coast Guard. It was a six hour P two twenty five, whatever. But mm-hmm. that that gun goes for like twelve hundred dollars. I bought it for five hundred because it had a scratch. Never used, still in a box, everything. But it was being sold. I actually offered to show you know my driver's license. He was like, No, go ahead, five hundred bucks. And I I grabbed it and I took it straight to Miami and gave it to my daughter. Because, you know, Back, I don't know if you remember, there was a time when, you know, just like the budget wasn't being passed, so there was a limit on bullets and so on and so forth for training. So people that can, they said, well, go to the range because, you know, you have to renew every year. So she wanted to renew and you only got X amount of bullets to practice. So I bought her the gun so she can practice at a range. But it was easy as that. And it was five hundred dollars, and I had a, I had a deadly weapon. Yeah. That's the reality of, of the world we live in today. That's the reality. That's the reality of uh, of this country. Guns are an intricate part of this country. Uh, it's been sold as an intricate part of, of the history of this country, and uh, not inter- intertwined. In, in the history of this country, and it, it's not going to be something that's going to be easy to get rid of. Actually, you're not going to get rid of guns at all. I don't believe it. I actually don't believe you should get rid of guns, but I do believe that um, they should be regulated, just like any other instrument that we have. You need you need a license to drive a car. Um, if you're old, if you're old enough in some states. And your license renews, you have you have to take a cognitive test. You have to take a test in order to see if you're still able to drive. Uh, you need insurance you make it as cool. well. So between exactly. a license exactly. and insurance, that should cover majority of the issues. Mm-hmm. We we make it too easy. We make it too easy to have a gun in this country. You know, we romanticize the wild wild west and people. Um, you know. We, Teresa had mentioned the politicians taking pictures. I'm, there's something grotesque about that to me, about just just to look in the eye. If you ever see one of those pictures, just to look in their eyes when they're taking those pictures with the guns. It's like a gun as a status symbol. You know, a gun is something um, that, that confirms what they are as a person. And there's something that's, that's just sick about that to me. How much some people need a gun in order to, um, it almost seems, uh, bolster their self-esteem. And that's a sickness. That's the, that's the real mental illness we need to take a look at. Not this mental illness that um, people always want to refer to when they want to run away from making any type of gun regulations. The issue is not the guns. The issue is mental illness. That's another one of the go-to lines. But uh, once maybe this will be the case. I highly doubt it. But maybe this will be the time when people say enough is enough, and and they keep this in the um, headlines for longer than two weeks. I doubt it, because once again, once you see once you've seen children murdered in school. Once you've seen first graders um, riddle, uh, bullet riddle bodies to the point where you needed DNA to identify them, 
and you're cool with that and you move on from that without making any type of changes, there's nothing that's going to happen. You know they're not going to do anything about it. You know, they're going to send out more thoughts and prayers. Mm -hmm. You know, and they'll we'll surround that community for about two weeks until the next mass shooter, right? Because I don't know how many conversations we've started off talking about a mass shooting somewhere. I I don't even think it's going to be two weeks because there's enough, you're right. there's enough stuff going on in the world right now that the cycle by Tuesday, Wednesday is going to be something else, you know, between everything else that's going around the world and so on and so forth, that it's going to end up being a blur. This, yep. you know what I'm saying? Election days in two weeks, so we won't even be talking about the gun violence. We won't be. Come on, fire tips. Put your hand down. Just speak. I see you, brother. Come on. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Appreciate y'all letting me up here. Um, I don't know if y'all touched on the subject about this mass shooting. I hate to be the one to say it, but I, I mean, I, I don't see enough footage of anything going on with that. To me, like anything else that happens at that magnitude is you will constantly see footage, families crying, especially as many people that got killed, 18, mm-hmm. to over what, 20 injured. And we have, I know I haven't seen any footage. I've been looking. I haven't seen any footage. You mean tell me Bowling Island ain't got no footage? Nobody stopped and was out their phone, put like no footage. And I seen them interview like two families. Like it just, it's just to me, it's not adding up, honestly. Well, to be fair, they've had a shelter in place for the past two days, so there aren't a lot of people out there on the streets to interview because the guy was still at large until until last night. So people That's been out, so people been in their homes most of the time. But I mean, I do get what you're saying in regards to foot because normally you have a normally in this type of situation, you have um, a whole collection of flowers and teddy bears and, and the such and mass grieving, communal grieving. But you didn't see that in this case because of the uh, shelter in place. But even with that being said, he is correct because the media coverage, at least on uh Television to me is almost no, but I don't I don't go for news on TV anymore. On social media is where you find it first. Right. Actually, you're 100 percent right, because I was on a space the night it happened and they were literally people in front that lived in that area were playing the scanners that was going on that they how they were searching and they had no clue i mean they had his name but there was like four different pictures because people found him on you know facebook and other you know stuff and then they said he was a military guy so somebody pulled up his records and then they found somebody was in the military with him and you saw it on spaces versus the news while it's going on and I, there was more coverage that way than I, Facts. I learned about that. Like they were even saying, you know, they found an abandoned car near the river and maybe he had a boat. And people were saying, well, if he had a, a boat or something, he's going to get stuck. 
They, like, they knew. Like, people knew what was going on. I mean, it is more interesting to listen to regular folks right now than to news people because news people have an agenda. Regular folks just talk with what they know. And what they're saying. Once again, to be fair, not that I I, um, dispute uh, the agenda of the news because I I see it every day and I, I shake my head at it. But in this case, I think the uh, police department was limited in the information uh, they were they were releasing. Uh, I don't think they've even uh, released the identity of, of many of the victims yet. Uh, but a, a lot of a lot of that, but people know, just like the cops knew. But the, but the media, mainstream media, is going to release what what the police department releases to them. While I the people in the community, yeah, the I- people in the community are going to release. They know what's up, so they're not facts. And community news is what's taking over right now, because by the time it hits the mainstream media, community them just already disclose who, when, why, and how. Right, and there are no agendas because when you're in the middle of that situation, you're showing what's happening in the moment, so nobody has a chance to sensationalize it or desensitize it. That's fact. So then the the mainstream media, when that starts happening, the mainstream media comes behind and they have a hard time with their agenda. It takes them a couple of days to figure out how they're going to report this now because they can't report it the way they would normally report it because the community already showed it live. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I know they went from 20 people killed to 18. Then, you know, so y'all reporting news that y'all don't even really know. Right. Gotta be sure. I just seen, I seen the pictures of the 18 people they showed. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. 2018, it's all the same. If it's one for me, you know. I get it, but you know that's the danger. But that's the dangerous part of uh, community news. It's the community, so the 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 numbers are vary sometimes, and I mean, just look at it no differently than than hearing a story within your own neighborhood. By the time it gets from one end of the block to the next, story could have easily story's going to change about three or four times. But Just one thing day. I will give the community, at least you know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, but there's also yeah. now with with you know the cell phone technology. Like I was on like I said, I was on this space where they were talking about it like half the night. They even there's an app where you could download the scanner that's going on in that state or you know, in that city at the time. That you can listen mm-hmm. to live what the police are saying and everything, you know. So it's not like you know the old-fashioned way where you had to have one of those ham radios. Now everything's available on your phone. I didn't download it because I was like, you know, it's depressing enough. I don't need to be in the mix. I can listen to what somebody else says, you know. Otherwise, I'll never get any sleep because I'm going to be listening to this all night. So, but they were even giving people. Hey, the information is here. You can hear what the police chatter is and whatnot. And it's all 
available and people were reporting it straight from the scanners, what they heard. Yes, absolutely. But, um, what else been going on this week, hope. Brother Rule? Yeah, we got to gotta talk about our favorite man. I think he got slapped with a fine, but I've been kind of busy. What you know about that? Oh, yeah. Your president, your ex-president, um, yeah, he, he was slapped with a fine because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. That, that's exactly. one thing. But uh, I, I, know the, I know the big thing is going on in Georgia, man. People flipping on him like crazy. All of his lawyers are flipping on him. I think the only lawyer he has left it's probably Giuliani. So I think there's, there's four people, the bail bondsman, uh, Sidney Powell, uh, Ken Chesbro, and I forget the uh, young lady's name, who had the audacity to uh, have that big smile when she took the uh, lineup photo. But when she uh, pled her guilt, she was just boo-hooing like crazy. Uh, they've all... Uh, was that the guilt. sister? No, nah, no, nah, uh, the blonde hair lady. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was smiling. She was smiling in the, in the in the lineup photo, but I guess it got serious for her once she had to plead guilty and agree to testify for the prosecution whenever they need her to testify. So it it was funny to me because in the beginning people were like, "I don't understand what um that that district attorney is doing down there. How are you going to bring nineteen cases all at once?" Like if you grew up in the hood, you knew exactly what that was. It's like a sealed indictment. People, <laughs> you know, they they arrest thirty people. They they indict thirty people. I saw where people were indicted for a conspiracy because they said because some undercover cop walked up to them and said, "Well, uh, are you selling something?" And it's almost like trying to get rid of them. Say, "Nah, I'm something." Go across the street. That's what they sell. And those people were getting uh, hemmed up. They got hemmed up for uh, conspiracy in those indictments. But they're not doing that to arrest those people. They're doing that to make them witnesses. I'll Which makes us smart. Very right. smart. Exactly. So that's the same thing here. So uh, they're not, they didn't indict 19 people to put 19 people in jail. They created their own witness list by doing that, putting that pressure on them. And already... There's four people that have flipped, so and it's not it's not looking good. And these are these are, these are the lawyers. So these are the people who put the plans together, help put the plans together uh, to bring in fake electors in order to flip Georgia uh, for for um, Trump. Wow, well, we know ain't none of them been to jail, so they ain't trying to go to jail. So they definitely gonna be flipping. <laughs> That's a word right there. What's up, Rob? I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Come on. Just for a minute. Right. So we know, Darul, you close to my age. I don't know if you're older than me, younger than me, but we're, we're about roughly in the same era. Every, we're in the same stratosphere. Right. Every president did something illegal from Nixon to Reagan to Clinton. You know, they all did their own dirt. And, you know, Nixon, you know, was impeached. Five minutes after he's impeached, he's pardoned. Reagan had G. Gordon Liddy and Oliver North take the fall for him, for his illegal activity. 
and so on and so forth. We can, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. My question is, why right. is both sides, because that has never happened. This is like a first time precedent that both sides of the aisle are after Trump. You know he did something illegal. That's, that's a fact. You know, just like every other president did. But for some Okay, beloved, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I would not put uh, Donald Trump in the same category with the presidents that you mentioned. This here is something totally different that we have never experienced before. And I say this. If you don't do something about him, the one coming behind is going to be worse. That is the end of democracy. He is brazen, blatant, and he believes that nothing can happen to him. And that's not the way this is supposed to work. I agree with you completely. But to say that... So everybody's done their dirt, but the things that he has done, there's no coming back for that from it. Actually, he's just plain treasonous. I'll say it as a military person. That's how I feel about him. I get it. But I would say Reagan was way worse with what he did, trading drugs for weapons, bringing the drugs into the communities, murdering. I respectfully disagree. Murdering people through that because those drugs turned our society inside out especially in the inner cities. So to me, I think what he did was way worse. But I'm not even going to argue that, you know, Trump was did something illegal. But uh, I, I would say that Trump didn't just do something illegal. Trump tried to um, take over. the. He basically tried a coup. I mean, we, we, look, we look at the second impeachment hearing and we we see his behavior, how he basically almost he slapped a, a Secret Service agent because a Secret Service agent refused to take him to the Capitol. He wanted to go to the Capitol to rally the troops. So those people, those people who invaded the U.S. Capitol that day, which some, some Republicans try to tell us they were just tourists. They were people there who were there just to take a tour in the U.S. Capitol that day. Those people that, that invaded the U.S. Capitol that day, he wanted to go there to rally them. So to understand what's, ha- what's, what's going on in Georgia, the plan in Georgia was to take fake electors, and for people who understand, every country has, a, every state has an electoral vote, certain number of electoral votes. And with those, with those you have electors who represent those votes and what those electors are supposed to do is, is um, confirm the election for the person who won that state. He wanted to replace those electors with electors that his people had chosen. And he wanted them to say something went wrong and that Trump actually won Georgia. That's what he wanted to do. No, and I understand. So, I understand that. Right. So I yeah. So I, he, so yeah. So, but so the thing is, he's not only committing a crime. What he tried to do was basically uh, commit a coup. He. What? Well, my point exactly is, he tried. It didn't work. It didn't happen. We have Biden. As not because of a lack of effort. As the right. I understand. 
but I'm going to, that's why I gave a little pushback because I'm going to say mm-hmm. what Reagan did do, you know, he tried, Trump tried to do something and it wasn't successful. Mm-hmm. Reagan did do something which was very, very damaging to America, especially our inner cities all over. So, you know. Absolutely. They should have both been in jail. Are, are you saying because Reagan got away with it, we, we should let Trump get away with this? No, no, no. Like well, at I'm some saying, point, when is enough enough? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying what I'm saying is it's to me, it's odd because no matter we know what Reagan did, we know what Nixon did. We know everything that all these other presidents did and the party that sides with them always gives them a pass. Well, and do you saying, do I'm you ever saying, think? Hold on, hold on, let me finish. But this time, the party that sides with him is also putting him under the bus where they didn't do it before. I'm not saying he shouldn't be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, but I just find it strange that both sides. This is the first time that's ever happened, in my opinion, that I think that I've seen from my you know as long as I've been alive, that his own side went against him so i that's my that's my only look at it like what did he do to his side that they turned on him that's all i'm saying i'm not trying to defend him i i think i think that they got tired and they ran out of reasons to defend him it's not just one thing it's been from the time he got on the campaign campaign trail, he's been doing egregious one egregious thing after another. So yes, maybe the past presidents, all of them have broken the law in some form or fashion, but this guy has just been out of control from the gate. Period. I think, I think it's important to put some of this into context. Um, number one, I don't I don't know uh, of the Republicans who are, uh, have broken away from Trump because I, because they because none of them voted to impeach him. The only two Republicans that voted to uh, impeach Trump, actually, there was probably three. And I think the ones who voted to impeach him and then ran for election the next time, they wound up losing. So that's probably the reason why they didn't vote to impeach him. But Republicans didn't vote to impeach Trump. Uh, number one. Number two, in regards to Nixon, uh, Nixon, there's a famous there's a famous scene where Barry Goldwater and two other senators walk to the White House to tell Nixon, hey, hey man, it's over because even Republicans are going to vote against you now. And that's why Nixon resigned as opposed to being impeached. People have to remember he was never impeached. He resigned before the impeachment because that impeachment was pending. And he was he was going to be he was going to be kicked out of office because Republicans were going to vote against him. I I um, agree, but then yeah, Ford but came also, in and well, let me finish, let me, immediately. Yeah, yeah, but also the the saying it's not the it's not the crime, it's the cover up came from Watergate. If he had just admitted to that, he would have been fine. He was actually uh, a pretty popular president at that time. The, you know, he had his people break into um, who was it, McGovern's office. He didn't need to. He, was, he blew out McGovern anyway. He had just went to China. He was on a roll. So 
basically what he basically the crime that he committed was was basically a misdemeanor. So it it it, it pales in comparison to what Trump did, which was try to um, overturn an election. Which, in other words, he tried to commit a coup to stay in office. He tried to do a takeover of the country in order to stay in office. So, as opposed to Nixon overseeing some people who broke into an office, it broke into the office of the um, DNC. Pales in comparison. Reagan, there, there's, there's, there's great evidence that Reagan really didn't know what was going on. Bush, H.W. Bush was pretty much, and, and a lot of those guys were pretty much running the country at that time. Um, Clinton, Clinton was impeached for lying about getting a blowjob. Yeah, I'm not even talking so about not, the, I'm not Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not going to compare that well, to, to what Trump did. Obama, Obama didn't do anything. One thing Mike Huckabee said, Mike Huckabee said, Obama has to be the cleanest person in the world. Because if he had any dirt, the Clintons would have found it by now. That's what he said back in like 07, 08. So Trump is his own animal. Trump tried to Trump tried to overturn a fair election by telling people that uh, he was robbed. Trump inspired uh, an invasion of the U.S. Capitol in order to do that. He want he felt. For some reason, he felt like Mike Pence had the authority to overturn that election by not um, confirming it. When Mike Mike Pence's role was was he had no real role in that. It was just a, a customary. It was just, it was just a role. It, it had it had no impact. He had he had for some reason he felt that Mike Pence could do that. And when Mike Pence wasn't going to do that, when he found out that Pence wasn't going to do that. He was going to invade the U.S. Capitol to take over the country and have the election go towards him, go for him. He was going to have, he's going to install his own uh, electors in Georgia. He was also going to do that in Pennsylvania. He was also going to do that in Michigan. And he was going to do that in Wisconsin. All that just to stay in power. No one has done what Donald Trump did. Oh, I and I and agree it, with you. Right, and, and, and as as egregious as what Reagan did, and as someone who 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 grew up in the projects and looked out the window one morning and it seemed like the world just changed like overnight because of because of crack and it just, just changed overnight. Boom! No one, no one has done in the history of this country what Donald Trump did, and anything he gets, he deserves. But, you know, in regards to um, Republicans um, changing on, I'm not aware of any Republicans. I'm definitely not aware of the Republican Party as a whole um, throwing him under the bus. Oh, They're scared to death of him. a whole because they got, you know, they got a lot of those Trump people still, you know, who still support him in office. But in general, that's what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. And, and yes, I agree, completely egregious. And, you know, if, it, you know, it is what it is. But the reality is, in my opinion, just in my opinion, what Reagan did to to America was way worse because it's it's carried to this generation. You get what I'm saying? You know, if, I did if it. you if Trump disappears I, I, tomorrow, 
whatever happened doesn't affect anybody. You know, it's over. Oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. I have to push back on that because Trump has done a lot of things. This is one case, but he has done a lot of things that we are seeing the effects of now and still will see the effects of in the future. We don't know what he did with all those documents that he had. I disagree. And this is on a national level. But we this conversation is getting good. But T, you had your hand up. John? Basically, Darul touched on most of the things I wanted to say, okay? But then Rob said he wants to play devil's advocate. Child, you ready? Number one, Barack Hussein Obama didn't do a damn thing illegal, okay? That's number one. So not all presidents did something illegal. Number two, KKK people, some of them are very nice people. KKK people, that changed America. Okay, that changed America. Trump, to that line, okay, he, that man has been trying to make a race war since the day he saw Obama. He changed all of Obama's laws, okay, including the one that stopped Ebola from invading his country, but that could have stopped a pandemic, okay? Exactly. It could have stopped that pandemic. Trump allowed hundreds of thousands of Americans die. He told him to drink Clorox. Okay? What this man did to America? Come on now. Now, and crack was not only in my community, it was in my family. Okay? And I still say that Trump was the worst president this country has ever seen. And if he's not punished for what he did, just like VFN Queen said, the next one, look who they do. They, they turned against him. Look who they, they elected to the Speaker of the House. That man was one of them that wanted to overthrow the country, who wanted to overturn that election. Okay? And he is now the Speaker of the House. Hell no, the Republicans have not gone away from Trump. And if they have their way, they want to impeach Biden. For what? Okay. Yeah, they already started impeaching. They started the impeachment hearing. They had absolutely nothing. It was an embarrassment of a hearing on the first day. But they started, they actually started impeachment hearings on Biden. And their rationale was, we'll find something as we go on. And like That's- I will say, <laughs> I looked out the window. I mean, I saw ABC World News tonight. If you smoke crack one time, you can be addicted for life. Me? Okay, and uh, hey, y'all all know my story. I was scared to touch that shit. All right? But I saw what it did. It changed the, our community overnight. 
people who were making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, okay, were turned into nothing. And yet and still, when I turned on my TV and saw the breaking news about people with their feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk, okay? People invading the Capitol talking about killing senators. People invading the Capitol talking about killing the vice president of the United States and the president was slapping a Secret Service agent because he couldn't get his ass up there to lead the charge. Oh, hell no. Hell no, Ronald Reagan, I'm sorry, darling, was not worse than Trump. No, 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 no. And the worst part about it is, if he gets away with one count, with one count, this country is in trouble. And I'm going to land my plane there. Hey, the, di- the difference is... Agree. Ronald, Ronald, what Ronald Reagan did fucked up America. What Donald Trump did would have ended America. And that's what he was aiming for. Everything he did, uh, from the way he kissed Putin's ass, uh, we still don't know what secrets he gave uh, to Lariof when he had Lariof in the in the white in the Oval Office with no one else there, two Russians and Donald Trump in the Oval Office, and he made sure there were no witnesses. We don't know what promises he made to him. We don't know what secrets he gave to him. We don't know why Jared Jared um, has made two hundred two billion dollars from Saudi Arabia. We do know that uh, we dealt with them in spite of Khashoggi. We do know that. But we don't know why Jared uh, Kushner has made $2 billion. In Jer- we don't know why Jared Kushner was allowed in the Oval Office in spite of the fact that he couldn't pass a security clearance. You're a regular federal employee. If you don't pass a, a security clearance, you lose your job. You apply for a position. And you get in and it comes back, something comes back on your security clearance. And I'm not even talking about top secret. Basic security clearance. You lose your job. Especially if you can't straighten it out. This dude had access to the president of the United States, had access to everything in the Oval Office and could not pass a security clearance. There's nothing in this country, nothing in this history of this country that touches Donald Trump, the levels of, of, of what Donald Trump has done. And I fear that we still don't know. And when people talk about Biden, the Biden administration had to hit the um, hit the road running. Why? Because Donald Trump, during the, um, during the transition process, never met with Biden. Actually, he has head of the GSA Refused to even fund it. She didn't fund it until January, late December or January, and they and he never met with Biden. Who does that? Obama met with Trump. We know that, right? Every so every 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 um president president has met with the incoming president. 
and they do right, it early it's called because, because information people. has to be yeah information has to be exchanged they we, refused we so they on. were blind right they they went they, Biden entered the White House on January 20, 20th 2021 blind it just so happened his experience Helped him navigate that to where someone who had less experience would not have been able to. And just like you said, Daru, he wanted to, he would have ended America. That was perfect what you said. He would have ended America. Our uh, 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 Russia, everybody would have been able to just walk in here. That man wanted to see a military march in front of the White House. That's what he wanted. He wanted to stand there and salute. He wanted to rule this country. Not he wants to be a dictator. Exactly. That's the Period. word I was looking for. But brother, you had that perfect. He wanted to end America as it is today, which is democratic. And I'm not talking about the party. I'm talking about what we're supposed to stand for. Okay? He is the most racist president this country. Well, I don't know about all them old ones. They could have been racist too. Oh, um, yeah, just, we had some pretty racist ones. <laughs> he's just the most openly blatant racist. He doesn't exactly. hide it. Not trying to hide it. Any kind of way. Any kind of how. And if he gets back in there, if he gets back in there, Jesus, we are in trouble, okay? And there's still so many people who believe in him. Those QAnon people, they have not gone anywhere. There's still people crying, trying to get their family members back out of that Q QAnon, what they call it, a cult. But this cult is huge. And a lot of those men that went to prison because of January 6th thought he was going to stand by them and make sure they didn't get in any trouble. But <laughs> they didn't they didn't judge that. They didn't realize it was gonna be a judge like the judge that was there. You know who else found that out? Those four, those four people so far who have flipped on him. He's supposed to help them. Oh, there's going to be more that's going to flip. Oh, there's going to be more. Because, like I said, they didn't indict all those people to send them all to jail. They indicted them to become witnesses. Exactly. And it's so it's four so far, and there's going to be more to come. Because yeah. he's running out of money. He has, he has too many cases he has to fight. They're lawyers he has to pay. <laughs> they think they're getting paid, but he doesn't have enough. He doesn't have enough money, and Jared's not going to give him any of that two billion. Because right now, Jared and, and Ivanka, they find themselves being so ostracized from the kind of society that they wanted to um, be a part of. They've separated themselves from from Daddy Trump altogether. You don't you don't see them anymore. He's gonna get like five years. We'll see. Five is a lot for someone who's going to be eighty years old by the time that happens. Right, and and yeah. I'm, I'm I don't think he's going to run out of money because he has enough 
I mean, I don't know what what GoFundMe or whatever he has from his supporters that literally pay for his upkeep, which to me is insane. You know, you got broke people in middle America struggling to eat and they're sending him, you know, like like he's, you know, they're tithing to Trump. Right. I find I find that amusing to me. You know, you you're tithing to a billionaire to pay for his legal problems that he caused on himself. But you know, that's that's a whole. He's different. not a billionaire. A supposed billionaire. A supposed billionaire. Which, which is something nothing being exposed. <laughs> right. But he portrays himself as a billionaire. Yeah. So regardless if he is or he isn't, the, you know, the word out there is he claims to be a billionaire, and you're tithing to a billionaire to pay for his legal problems which I find to be very funny and naive in this world to begin with. You know what I'm saying? That, that, and that's, that's something that, that something else that came out this week. His former, uh, his former lawyer basically spilled the beans on him. He'll go into the office and say, uh, I need this to be worth this amount of money. Okay, it's worth this amount of money. I need this office to be said is this big. Okay, well, is that big? And, and, and that's how a lot of his net worth came about. So this is a guy who. Yeah, but everybody who, knew this before he was president. If you really looked into Trump, that's why he couldn't mm-hmm. get financing in America. He had to go overseas. A lot of his financing way back from his casino days. You know, he doesn't right. have any more. We're all financed from Germany and other countries because, you know, when you do it in America, you're going to appraise it and they're going to give you the value of what it is. And so but after a while, after a while, even though countries like Germany stopped financing them, that's why I went to the places like the Soviet Union and, and Saudi Arabia and some of those other places. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's one thing with Russia. He owes them money. Could that be why he took those documents? Was he going to sell them? Absolutely. So you they think proved, he was going to sell if, those documents? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, they're, they're, I, I won't say that. Um, you know, you can't. I mean, it, it could be. Yeah, it could be. But, you know, I, I don't want to portray something. You know, the, the issue with the documents isn't that mm-hmm. he had. Them. It was that he lied when he said he was returning them. Right. Because that's the issue. It's not that he had them. It's when they asked for him back, he said he gave them all back, and then he had a whole mess of bunch more that he didn't give back. Because at the time, Biden also had documents. But when they asked Yeah, Biden him, had documents, but he gave them back. Right. That's the Why? Everyone he has, every, everyone has documents. Everyone yeah, has yeah. documents, but when they said, okay, we're not going to do this anymore, you got to give them back, Biden said, yeah, no problem. Here, take them all. Trump said, here's... This is all I got. Then you come find out that he has a bunch of them sitting in a bathroom in Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and why Why do you think that was the case? Why do you think he said he gave them all back, even though he had a whole bathroom full and, and uh, um, some sitting in the pool room? Why do you think he did that? That I can't answer you, but I would like to know what were in the Not what were in it, because if it's super top secret, I don't want to know. But if it was top secret enough to affect America. I want to know not the specifics what were in there, but what in general was in, was in there to see, you know, how egregious it was. You know, you get what I'm saying? 
I don't want to know the actual plans of what those documents were, but I want to know who was affected, you know, with those documents. I would li- that's one thing I would like to know, which, you know, they would never tell us. And that's that I do want. It, 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 is, it is more impossible that there is someone who is dead right now because of secrets that he gave out. Agents somewhere in another country who are dead right now because of secrets that he gave out. Look, I, 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 I don't take that lightly. Um, military secrets, um, locations of different things. There's, there's, we, we don't, we don't have any idea of how vulnerable we are right now. Even that meeting that he had with Larry off in the Oval Office, they put that in, in a, in a certain, um, place where you can't even pull it. So we don't know what he said to Larry off in that, in the Oval Office because he didn't allow any, uh, anyone from his administration to be in the office with him. It was just him. It was just Trump, Laryoff, and another Russian guy in the Oval Office. So we don't know how vulnerable we are right now. We don't know how vulnerable um, we have agent, secret agents working overseas. We don't know how vulnerable it is for them right now. There's a lot of things we're playing catch up with. Yeah, but didn't, let me ask you something. Didn't, because I remember something that Hillary Clinton put, you know, put people at harm's way. I don't remember the specifics, but I remember hearing something to that part way back when. I don't that know was, if it's true or not. Not the same. No, not no, on the no, same no, level. No, no, no. It's the same, but I just, I, I don't, like I said, I don't know the specifics, but I remember. With the, email, with the, with the server? No, 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 not emails. Like, like, you know, people that were like, under you know secret or in certain areas that their names came out or something to that effect i don't remember exactly so i can't really speak on it but i remember hearing something about it that's all they, i think yeah i think they tried to connect that with her server because she had a server at home and it wound up her server wound up being more secure than anything else they had because the russians were not able yeah, like I said, I didn't yeah. know, but I remember something to that effect that was going around social media at the time. So I really don't know actually what happened, but I remember hearing about it, you know, especially my age. My brain don't, you know, I can't remember that, you know. I remember That's all from, of our age, Rob. <laughs> I remember things that happened 40 years ago like it was yesterday, but if you tell me what happened yesterday, I have no clue. You, you can ask me again in 40 years, maybe I'll remember I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Ooh, I see you out there. Didn't you have a question you wanted to ask that I was willing to answer up here on this show? That's correct. I saw that question. Ooh, me too. Do you remember the question, Brother Rule? Answer it for him. He listening. Oh, I think he had a question about... Um... Biden and his age, and um, why would why why should he vote? Why shouldn't he be concerned about Biden's age at this point in time? So you know, my response to him is why should why should you be? What is Biden? Biden has served in uh, has served for three years now. What has Biden showed you um, that would make his age a concern of yours? 
you know, because I know there's a lot of narratives that goes about goes around about Biden's age, which makes it ironic a lot of times because, you know, there's people who support Trump and Trump is what, 78, 79 years old. But they make Biden's age um, a, a bigger factor uh, for some reason. There you go, Maru. You gotta, you gotta read the exact. Um, my concern, my concern is about a. Can you general. hear me? Why is it? Why? I, is it hey, rule. Oh, go ahead. The rule. Uh, hold on, Rob. Hold on. I will speak. No, the uh, rule. Just read my. Um, read the tweet. That's not my concern. Wasn't about my age. Read, read the other context. Uh, other context I put into it. Just read the whole entire thing. I'm with my daughter right now, so I can't really talk. So. Okay. Pull up the text and read the whole, or put it up in the jumbotron and read all the context. I just, oh, I think Biden is too old to be president. No, that's not the case. Trump is old too. But uh, yeah, read the whole thing, man. I gotta go. Uh no problem. Queen will put it up for me because then uh, I'm not adept at that. That that's where my fifty plus years shows. Oh, that might be two of us. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how to put it in the jumbotron. But to, to, to answer that, my concern is exactly, you know, I, I honestly believed that once President Obama was elected as president, we were going to go away from these old white men. I'm not saying, you know, just, you know, that the country is moving in a younger direction mm -hmm. in general, you know, and I, I have no issues with Biden, uh, but, you know, he is up in age. So I have an issue with his age. I have an issue with Trump and his age. I have an issue with Mitch McConnell, who seems like every, you know, if he speaks for 15 minutes, you got to take him in the back and reinsert a new battery because, he, you know, it, it glitches out. You know, it's all of them old people that are in there. That my concern is, you know, these they're so old that time has passed them by. It's like I compare it to coaching in sports. Eventually, you got to go with the youth movement in coaches because they have more, they know more what's going on with technology, with everything else in the world. Well, these people are still hitting the horse and buggy with a whip versus, you know, driving a car. That's the way I look at, you know, the way we are dealing in this country. Well, my, my concern about that is, I don't want to um, be a part of anything that that that's that's ageist. So when when we make general, I mean, it's one thing if you're talking about um, someone flying a plane or anything like that, or going out there and, and running uh, 50 yards for a touchdown. But if your mind is sharp, your mind is sharp, and so I would have to look at that as more in an individual case by case basis as opposed to sweeping everyone under the same blanket. I mean, for example, we talk about um, what happened on January 6, 2020. Um, the 2021, I should say, the person who handled themselves the best on that day was 79-year-old Nancy Pelosi, sharp as a tack. When, when Trump wasn't saying anything, when, when Pence wasn't hiding, uh, a lot of things, a lot of decisions being made were made by her and she was being hunted so I, I can't look at a Nancy Pelosi and look at a Donald Trump and judge them the same just because they're the same age 
Um, also, on a day like January 6th, it would experience matter. Her experience matter. Her institutional knowledge uh, of the Capitol mattered. Um, there were a lot of younger people who were hiding and, and crying. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock them for that. That's a scary as hell situation. But on that day, at her age, 79 years old, walking around in high heels, she was the boss. Where where everything else everything else around her faltered. Now I got to give Schumer his props too. And Schumer's pretty old as well. You know, in, in this case, when you're talking about um, being a Senator, being a congressperson, you know, age does matter because you, you gain institutional knowledge from there. Now, if, if there, I can't judge them the same way I would judge someone like Strom Thurmond who had to go to um, Bethesda every night Walter Reed Hospital every night to put on be put in bed just to survive, just to keep them alive. I can't judge those two people, all those people, the same because they're old. And also, I'll, I'll take a look at um, this um, this catastrophe that's going on with the Republican Party right now, and we, we're with we're having a, a second Speaker of the House, two Speaker of the Houses in ten months. And having to go through what 25, 30 different votes in order to get two speakers. A lot of these people are young. Matt Gates is 42 years old. Am I gonna have more confidence in Matt Gates than I would have in a Nancy Pelosi? Because Matt Gates is 42 years old. That, that's the problem with this country today. We we look for too many things as in regards to image as opposed to people who are able to get the job done. Matt Gates is a buffoon, 42 years old, yet he had enough power to get the Speaker of the House out of there. You know, that's... Oh, yeah, that's no, the I, and I agree. And But you know what? He's not looking. I don't think he's looking for office down the road. I don't know what he's doing. And he's not going to be elected again anyway. So it does, you know... But he is. I don't. I, I don't know if he's not going to be elected again because the the bad thing about being a congressperson is the fact that you only have to be elected by the basically the people in your neighborhood, however big your con- congressional district is. That's who elects you. So if you have like minded people in your district, then they could be very happy with the job that he's doing. Hold on, beloved. We'll just pop back up. Hold on. Hold on a second. He just popped back up. Just real quick before we go in the grocery store. um, I just added the, uh, I just put the tweet, the question that I had in the the chat. Go ahead and read that, Darul, because you're you're taking the question kind of out of time. Go ahead and read it. Where'd you put it? You put it in the comments? All right. I'll take it. All right. Okay, let's see. Uh, I think the long-term effects of of Reagan are worse than Trump's will be, but Trump was by far the worst president. Not that one? No, further down. No, the next one after that. Oh, why is it bad when I say I don't want an 82-year-old white dude as a nominee for the party? I voted with my entire life. What's 
And the answer to that without asking the question in return. How come we feel like Biden is all we have to offer on our side? Can you imagine the shape and condition he will be in by the time he leaves office in January 2029? Uh, few things with that. I think the answer to the last question first, I think if, if he's in bad shape, I don't think he's someone that's going to stay on. I think he, he will be someone that will step down and resign. But he would also have to have gone through a re-election in order to be in that position. So the, the country would have the opportunity uh, to take a look at him at that time, um, review, give him a review, and also make some type of assessment uh, as to his mental acuity and then and make that decision at that point in time. So to answer that last question, um, answer the question in general, what has Joe Biden done um, that would make me uh, put put in doubt his performance as president of the United States? I mean, just this past week, I saw the man get on a plane, fly to Israel, and stay in the war zone for seven hours, um, meet with uh, a bunch of leaders, get back on the plane, get back to the White House, basically all in one day. There's some type there, there, there's some type of mental and, and physical vitality that, that exists in order to do that. And, he, and I think in, in the midst of doing that, he was able to confer um, with his um, security people, military people, and, and ascertain that Israel did not bomb that hospital. And he was able to re relay that message um, to the world in real time. So there's nothing there's nothing that Joe Biden has shown me that tells me he's not able um, to adequately uh, fill the role of president of the United States, other than someone mentioning his age. I, I agree with that. That's all. But mm -hmm. but. I'm going to go back to Reagan because people say Reagan's second term, he was not, a, you know, mentally, you know, his faculties weren't there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, but nobody put it out there. So he was still able to finish his term. So if something happened to one of these old guys, I'm, you know, Joe Biden or whoever it is, I mean, to be fair, look at Mitch McConnell. He is still there, and his battery is wearing out. He's like an old iPhone that you can't charge too much. That's the way he looks. Like all of a sudden, he'll freeze up and like, uh oh, we got to we got to hit the reset button. So that those are the things that, and nobody's talking about it. You know, I'm not saying Biden is that, but I I got proof right now that, in my opinion, Mitch McConnell is definitely that. You know, and He's still around and nobody's like, hey, this man got to go. Yeah, but but I, I can't say that Joe Biden is this because Mitch McConnell is this. No, no, I, no I'm I, not saying that. Right, but, right. But, but my point being is that, you know, the American people, you can see it. I mean, freaking I can see it in Mitch McConnell. can see Mitch McConnell is the way yeah. he's. Yeah, I, I, can see it. I can see it in Mitch McConnell, but that's up to the people of Kentucky 
to make that decision. Kentucky brought him in. The American the people in general didn't bring him in. Um, I agree. The people in right, Kentucky, so, but, but meanwhile, Congress is not doing anything about it because they're there. He's elected. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. somebody like, hey, bro, you you ain't that anymore. You know, you need to go lay down and connect to a car battery because this nine volts are not working for you anymore. You know, that's just the way I'm looking at it. I'm like, hey, they just got to send them home, you know? Yeah, but, you know, in, in his case, he's the minority leader. So he doesn't really make decisions. If, if this was Chuck Schumer and he was suffering in this way and he's the speaker of the Senate in which decisions are made, decisions are made through him, then it's like, okay, you guys got to make a decision in regards to uh, having someone else become speaker because he's not, he's not able to do it anymore. Um, Mitch McConnell, I, guess I, I don't, his role is really just the leader, the leader of the minority party at this point in time. Um, but like I said, I, I can't put his condition on, on Biden's condition. That would be like me saying that everyone who, who gets old be, um, gets Alzheimer's. No, 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 no. And I, right. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I, I can only judge Biden based on what Biden does. Right. But on what he's doing. But Mitch McConnell is the leader of the minority party, basically by three votes or something to that effect, which can, right. you know, which can be flipped automatically. Then all of a sudden he's the leader of the majority party. And mm-hmm. like, whoa, 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 look at you, you know. Yeah. So that's there where the yeah. issue comes in, because nobody's doing anything about him being there. Yeah, I, I get it. Right now it's the minority party, but it's a three vote flip. And he'll become the majority party. And then he's the leader of that party. And he's still around. And that's my issue. I'm not, listen, Biden out of it. But that's where I'm going with this. Is like, the government isn't doing anything with people with, I'm not saying failing health or failing mental acuity or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're just allowing them to like do whatever. And so who's to tra- change? And I'm not saying Joe Biden is not g- is going to fail, but it's it. It happens to be older people suffer more things than younger people. I can say for myself, shoot, I got I got health issues more than I had when I had 20 years ago. But so that's the thing. It has nothing to do with Biden. It has nothing to do with with that because i think right. he's still doing an amazing job not an amazing job but he's doing a good job and he still has the fortitude to be able to do things because shoot he flew to israel stayed there seven hours flew back i can barely fly to california non-stop from charlotte north carolina at my age so to me yeah i get it but that's where the issue is is that no, even if something was worse to happen Nobody would say anything. It's like you know, it's like a puppet master thing going on. Mm-hmm. I, I I I get that concern really because that's happened in this country before. It happened with Woodrow Wilson. Um, he was much young. He was in his fifties, and uh, he had a stroke, and he was incapacitated. Some people believe that his his wife was running the uh, country while he was out of it, and he was out of it for a minute. You didn't see any pictures of him or anything. 
And they said that so about I, I, I get, I get, as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I do get that concern. But, you know, I, I just have to look I have to look at it on a on a case by case basis. I think um uh, there are a lot of people who use who attempt to use Biden's age against them. And they say, and I'm not saying that you're doing it. I'm not even saying that Wu's doing it. But there are people who use Biden's age against him, but then don't come up with any type of um, uh, situations in which concern was necessary. They just say, yeah, he's 80 years old. Why is he? He's 80 years old. He's he's 80 years old. He's old and he's white. He's a white man. He shouldn't be president. The fact of the matter is that was already determined in in 2019 slash 2020 in the Democratic primary. You know, they had people. He was one of what? 10 or 12 people who ran for the Democratic nomination. People of all ages and um, all races. He won. So to have him win and then and then say, well, he shouldn't run because he's old and he's white and he's a man. Well, the people had already made that determination. They made that determination twice. They made it in the primary and they made it um, in the presidential election. So what that does a lot of times, it makes me question um, the motives of people who, who raise that type of question because a lot of times people raise those type of concerns when they have a faith that they rather have serving in that position as opposed to the person who's there. So in their own way, not to the level of Trump, but in their own way, they want to circumvent an election as well. They want to circumvent the will of the people by, by having a person, their preferred person in office or moving someone formidable out of the way by, by introducing um, that type of concern where it isn't really valid so that it gives their their preferred person a better chance to win. No, and I agree with you. And I'm going to tell you this. Uh, Joe Biden's mental faculties, in my opinion, are better than Trump's. I mean, Trump has done some crazy shit, you know. So, and the experience factor as well. So I'm not saying anything about any, you know, about age, but I... We have the only concern being is that we have seen, like you mentioned, Woodrow Wilson. I mentioned Ronald Reagan with Nancy Reagan doing that, that even when there's issues, it's not released and it's not. And then that's where it becomes like a puppet master situation. And it's not, you know, the most, you know right. You know, the most recent example of that is John Fetterman out of, out of Pennsylvania. He's younger than he's younger than you and I. Right. No, and I agree. And, and that's and he had, he had a stroke. He had a stroke, and they kept it quiet. But he ran. He was elected by the people of Pennsylvania to be the the next senator, their next senator. So, and he's what he's fifty years old. So that that's what that's why I'm concerned about it being an age thing as opposed to being a performance. Hey, Wu, uh, I see Sages in here. What's up, Sage? Yo, what's good? What's good? I was just coming in here to see what's good with everyone. Uh, making it 
Another another Saturday, relaxing Saturday, shooting the breeze. What's good with you? Oh man, just uh, man, I, I was uh, kind of just starting to wake up from that primetime sports fix last night. So I've been trying to get back in the swing of things. I was we were up late last night, man. We we're up until like I think like four o'clock my time or something like that. So yeah, I'm still kind of just like boring. You watching the pool? <laughs> Not that I'm getting in your business or anything. Say that one more time. I said, not that I'm getting in your business, but you had mentioned sports, and you said you were up to four. Oh, I said, what were you oh, watching at Roy- four? Royce's primetime sports fix on the spaces last night. Had, had oh, oh space. my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout it out. Yes, sir. But um, what are we talking about? I know I, saw, I heard a little bit of politics talk, but what, what, what y'all been mainly talking about so far this uh, afternoon? Well, so far today, we were talking about um, – the uh, mass murder up in Maine, and we're talking about uh, various parts of politics. Um, you can go on that, or if you have an, another um, topic you want to discuss, you can do that as well. Can I bring up a topic? Absolutely. I have to say, <laughs> let's stay talking. I, I don't. I don't want us to end this space without. You know, paying all due respect to the late Richard Roundtree. But go ahead, Sage. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, rest in peace to all the people that got that got killed in that shooting in Maine. I think it's a. Uh, I think it, I think it's truly it's truly scary for a lot of people to feel like like you go into public or feel like you're somewhere you're not safe. It's, um, you know, there's two sides to everything. You know, we're, you know, what, what we're witnessing on the world scale right now is, uh, is, is pretty scary when we have people protesting, you know, at a peaceful music festival with, with no guns around and people come into the music festival and grab every single person that was protesting for them and then uses them into negotiation and pretty much, um, just pure evilness. And, uh, you know, we, we got a situation where we, you, I feel like, you know, we're going to take an example from Maine and we're going to, you know, try to, you know, gradually take away all the guns from, from citizens in the U.S. I feel like that's a, that's not where I want to go with it. I feel like w- there is a lot of ways we can help educate our U.S. citizens. There's ways we can help improve the safety. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I have all the perfect answers in the world, but I don't think taking away all our guns is a solution when you just saw on a peaceful music festival in Israel where they just grab people that were protesting for them in a peaceful way and, and killed them, took them away from their families, mothers, dads, how to see on their social media feeds that these terrorists would go into their social media and literally film them live. It's pure evilness. And they didn't have guns to protect them. They were in a music festival being peaceful. And that's like one thing I don't want. I don't want us to go into a main situation and take away all our guns, and then we're we're left with like situations that we just saw in Israel. Yeah, understood. Um, I mean, I we discussed it earlier. I I don't I don't want to see a total gun ban. I think everyone has a right to have their gun. I think I think there are things we need to uh, obviously work on in order to make it safer for everyone in this country. Because right now, there are too many innocent people being killed. 
I mean, you shouldn't. There was a there was a time a few months ago. I was walking in the Walmart and I had my headphones on. And I'm jamming to my music while I'm walking to Walmart. I said, and all of a sudden it dawned on me. I'm like, well, if a shooting happens right now with these noise cancellations, I can't hear jack shit. So I took off my, my headphones right then and there. And that's not something you really have to think about. And along those same lines, because you weren't here earlier, in Maine, and in, in that uh, bowling alley, there was a cornhole competition going on amongst a bunch of hearing impaired people. And there was a lot of hearing impaired people who were killed, murdered in that bowling alley. And just just the thought of that, I mean, it, it, it's tragic anyway. It's disgusting anyway. But just the thought of someone not be, not even knowing that, not even hearing the shots, being able to hear the shots and, and try to protect themselves in any way. In regards to um, flight, just being uh, sitting targets because they had their back turned and didn't see a gunman. That that's just something that's just really disconcerting to me. It's really sad. Ebony, I see you made it up. Oh, were you done saying? Hey, what's, what's up, y'all? I don't got nothing to say. It's the only way I can listen. Uh. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't um, listen the other way. It kept kicking me out, and I couldn't hear anything. So <clears throat> here I am. But I, I really didn't have any, anything to say. I'm kind of out of it myself. I'm just listening now. Okay. I'm sorry, Sage. I didn't mean to cut you well, off. You, you, y'all not cutting me off. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm just grateful y'all let me on here this morning and just or this afternoon. I'm just. Uh, let me say what I gotta say. I appreciate that. I'm just I'm just happy to be here with y'all. Man, we're happy to have you, man. Happy to have you. Definitely. Definitely. Good afternoon, Slater. What's going on, Queen? Your boy's in the building. Woo! What's going on, Mr. Rue? You know what I'm saying? Maintain it, Slater. Maintain it. Listen, man, it's payday at the job today. Paid all my bills, even got me something nice at the pumpkin farm. What's going on, T? You know? How's everybody? Team is 2 and 0. What's up, Slater? How you doing? Good to see you. What's the topic today? Let's let's let me get my fingers dirty in here. Ooh, what are we talking about? You know, we started off talking about the uh shooting in Maine, then we then we um switched over uh to Biden and his age. Um, you can roll with that, or if you have another topic of the day that that um that's on your mind, you can roll with that Listen, as well. Man. I know Rob is Rob is changing. Rob is introducing something when he comes up. Listen, man, that 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 bowling alley shit is wild. All right, you you going in there, you fucking, you got your family in there, you're having a good time. You got the you got the two step music on. It's it's cosmic bowling, and this wild motherfucker come in there because he got issues like. Come on, can, can we can we do something about gun reform in this country now? Is it when how many more people like seriously? I Daru, remember back in the in the late eighties, early nineties, and they was talking about how um schools in New York City were so dangerous you couldn't go boys boy I lived right around right down the street from Boys and Girls High, right before I moved to Jersey. And they was talking mad mm-hmm. shit about how you got guns in there. Ooh, you don't wanna go to them you don't wanna go to them black schools, them black schools got guns in there. So like, 
Hey, they got metal detectors, got metal man. Metal. I, don't oh, go to I don't go to school and they got metal detectors. There's Negroes there. everywhere in there. You don't go in there. Why would you, man? What kind of education? So what are we, where are we at now? Like you can't even, I can't, listen, I'm, I'm literally, I'm literally at this moment right now, as I'm talking to y'all, trying to figure out a way where I can do my music, um, long, like, you know, do, do live shows. And I'm thinking, man, damn, maybe I shouldn't even do live show shit. Cause this motherfucker just out here everywhere. My first, could you imagine my first night trying to do some open mic shit and some dude just open five? Come on, man. Like, come on. Yeah. Especially if you're in New York and you talking your Jokic shit. Listen, I'm gonna do that anyway. I'm gonna do that anyway. I'll take you up. I must put a bullet in my ass because I'm doing it, so it don't matter to me. But um, <laughs> I might even come in there with a Red Sox jersey on. But you know, that's how I get that. Oh, okay. You're going too far, Slater. Oh. You're going you too far. He's the one that brought it up. Come in there. You may as well come in there with a red scarf far. on. Red or blue scarf on. You may as well do that. Ebony, how you got? How you not? How you don't come at him, but you come at me first? <laughs> nah, see, because you said Boston Red Sox. I was just about to get my thoughts and come back to you the topic, but then you, you talking about Boston. You done did too far. You're going too remember, far, Biggs. You're remember yes, too remember far. yesterday you wasn't feeling good. Now you feel better. I see you're talking better. Look at you. You sound better. Oh, uh, no, no. Nah, it's up and you. down. I feel. I still feel like Pray, shit. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Slater Thomas has healed still... you. But I'm just, I'm just saying, it's just, it's just, it's weird. It's just, it's just, I don't understand. You can't even you can't even pay your nine ninety five to go bowling. I mean, I, I know it's not nine ninety five. I mean, damn, you know what I mean? What? A, I don't know. It was on a youth night at that. It was youth night. It, it, what? Yeah, it was youth night. It was youth night at the bowling alley. Yo, Daru, about about when I was seventeen, eighteen, we used to we used to have this thing in Jersey called the bowling lock in. You pay twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. You pay twenty dollars, and you stay for twenty four hours. But you get free. You get free free pizza. And all night cosmic bowling and drink and like and sodas and shit. Could you imagine? It was and it was like, it was like three hundred of us in there. I can't I can't even imagine a motherfucker rolling up in there with me and and you know that's wow man damn. You know, all you doing is having a good time, yeah, man. Yeah, girl, you know, girls and guys from different school districts in there. We trying to. You trying we trying to trying to expand our horizons, you know, try to get some seven ten splits and shit, listening to Justin Timberlake music and these motherfuckers coming in there with guns. What kind of bullshit is that? I think that's what the world needs. The world needs more Justin Timberlake music. Who's gonna shoot with Justin Timberlake? To be, playing to be fair these? though, there's some shit going around with Justin Timberlake that he's been I was about to say yeah, Britney yeah, might nah, shoot. He, yeah, he's no, you don't want to. Yeah, Daru, he's there's there's that part. There's been shit. Yeah, there's been shit coming out. Like he's been mean to waitresses and shit when he go out. There's like videos of him screaming at screaming at hotel workers and shit like that. The last couple of weeks, it's crazy. Not Justin. <laughs> yeah, I, I I had a girl show me one of the videos and she was like, "That's why I like Lance Bass." I was like, "Ain't that a bitch?" I was like, "This is some bullshit." <laughs> I'll stay away from him then. He, he's a target. <laughs> Richard, Richard wow. Roundtree is dead. It's all, all this shit going to hell, brother. Wow. Yeah, that part. Yeah, Queen, we, we ain't doing too much. Rest well. in peace to that brother. We out here losing all types of stuff. That's fun. I don't know. All right, man. That man's 81 years old, man. Yeah. He lived, he lived a good life. Yeah. He, he he died knowing that he was a legend. And the fact that he was a working actor all the way through. So it wasn't like 
it wasn't like he was shafted in the seventies and nothing else came his way. He he worked all the way through. Oh, you know what? I you know what? I had him. He sure did. I had him mixed up with I, with Don Cornelius from Soul Train because I was about to be like, and his TV show had motherfuckers limpsicking on it and didn't realize until the eighties. On that note, on that note, we're gonna leave that. (laughs) We're gonna leave that because because Queen's gonna talk about Richard Roundtree in the end. He that morning. um, Wait, T T T T. Not yet. Rob 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 is uh, redirecting this train. Go ahead, Rob. Rob's like, how am I supposed to follow? This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. Wait, I can't even hear Rob. I got to leave and come back. No, it's uh-uh, uh-uh. None of us see him, I don't think. Can you hear me? Uh, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Go ahead, brother. Go sorry, ahead, Rob. I'm sorry, I'm driving. So, no problem. Uh, my one concern, and listen, everybody knows I'm on, on one side of what's going on in Israel. You know, my kids are there. You know, two of them are there. You know, so I, you know, that's one of the things. But my issue is, you know, I don't have a problem if people are against or for or whatever their concern is. But I've seen a lot, especially like coming out of Arizona when there's a protest. And, you know, and it said not only did, you know, they, you know, say death to Israel, whatever, you know, that's on them. But I've also heard death to America. And these protests are going on in America. And that's my my issue is like, wait a second, you know, you are, we are in this country and that's where I have a, a thing. So that's, that's my question is, where's this coming from? I'll step down. I, I kind of have an answer to that. If, if, if I could be so kind, I think, I think when people are saying death to America, a lot, of, especially the people who are, I don't want to say pro. Um, I don't want to say pro uh, politics or any type of stuff. Like people who are aware, they're tired of the way. Mm-hmm. Certain, well, at least in my circles, people who know about politics, they're tired of the system. When you talk about no healthcare, um, um, the student loan stuff, I know we argue about that all the time in here. Like all the stuff that we should be more aware of. So some of those people that I know, at least that I know of, I don't know about anybody else. They say death to America because of those particular things, because people are out here struggling and there's way more other things that we can be doing than what we're doing to help people. So I know that and that's that's where I'm at with it, Rob, if that answers your question. Um, um, and, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards that because there's it's plenty of times where people are sitting up here and we're. You know, we could we could be taking care of the homeless a lot better. We could be taking care of the veterans a lot better. We could be, you know, I was just getting, I just got out, I just got out of the car with a friend of mine who lost her husband, and now she has to raise her two year old son by herself, and she's trying to get, um, she's trying to get uh, mental health care, but they won't take her insurance. So it's like. Later, I was going to say the same. Yeah, mental health is the number one issue to me in my eyes in this country. It needs to, they can't keep sweeping it under the rug. Um, they can't, they can't keep saying, what can we do? You have to figure out what to do because that's a big, big part in everything. Um, even when you come to, sorry to cut you off, no, you even when you come to, um, 
come to uh, law enforcement, you know, you can commit heinous crimes and then just say, hey, I mental health. And, and, and now you're not in jail. You're in a psychiatric ward, but you need to be in jail. I, I um, Being a former law enforcement, I've seen that. I've seen people say, yeah, I just went in there and I told her I was, you know, I was I was seeing sounds and hearing colors. He said, and, and yeah, they put me in M.O. And that's mental health observation, if if for those who don't know. So yeah, um, yeah, the, 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 we really need to invest into mental health issues because it it, it can change a lot. Um, you know, I I dealt with adult period in my in my in my time, and you know, you need people to talk to. It just facts you can't. And and if if you have a family member who may be a little bit you know going through things, you have to be there for the family member or get them to help because you can't just say, well, I. I I put him to the, I took him to the mental health uh, ward, like the the guy in Maine, you know, because you can walk right out of those. So, yeah, we need to. It has to be something with mental health. They need to invest. It needs to be that system there needs to be changed. There's a lot of systems that need to be changed, and that's that's all I have to on on the subject. Benaja. Benaja. Hey everyone. Um, I think as far as the uh, death uh, um and America stuff, I feel like when people say that they don't like they don't mean death to the country like or death to the people here in America. They mean like death to what principles. Um, and that death to the system. Death for. to the system. Yes, yes. Basically, that like it's death to the system, like and death to certain things that the uh country stands for. Like for example, if you look at the course of this country, um. Uh, and slavery. That was a big principle that, you know, the country stood by for for uh, hundreds of years, and there came a point in time when there had to be uh, an adept to that. So there are certain parts of the country, not not parts, but certain principles that do have to die in this country. Like, I'm talking about the support of Big Pharma, the support of the mass media, the support of uh, and discrimination against women, children, men, the poor, uh, and everybody. And I feel like that is what they mean. Not death to the people, not death to the country in and of itself, but death to the uh, system like of what the principles uh, and of this country stand for. So, from what I hear, from what I hear from um, you three, is this is more um, symbolic talk than literal talk? Yeah. Absolutely. Because if you you know we can't we we so, we can't grow together without yeah. we can't grow as a country without a country. But the government is killing the people within the country anyway. So like the system is the reason is the reason why people are upset. Uh, um, right. um, uh, I I had my hand up and I, I'll go. Uh, I'll be real quick. Sports. Um, uh, I have four. Uh, you know that I'm a I'm a teacher and I have former students of mine that are in. Um, Mr. Field. Thank you, sir. Um, I, yes, I, am, I am in, I am in, I work with middle schoolers and some of them graduate and they keep, they keep, um, they keep in contact with me once they graduate from high school. One of them is in the army right now. And she said something that was really crazy to me. She said that, um, in her platoon that they're in, you know, cause they, they set themselves up in little platoons and stuff like that. And when they graduate, they, they go and do their whatever. So they're like, oh man, the night that they were supposed to graduate. Um, they were all sitting around and they were like, yeah, man, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to go overseas and, 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 and kill me some towel heads. Now, this is her class saying this. Like, she's in a, she's in a room full of girls that have just learned 
combat training, gun training, all these things. And that's the first thing that comes out of some of their minds. Man, I'm I'm so hyped to go kill brown people in 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 in, in, in towel heads. Like like so going back to Ebony's point, this but here's the thing too, this the scariest part to all of this is this is what we train in our in our armies. You know what I mean? It's always about defense first and not about the and not about the person. Cause think about it. A lot of the people in, in the other armies that are who we call quote unquote our enemies are just as poor as us. You know, why do you think why do you think that um why do you think that Muhammad Ali didn't want to do it? He knew that all we doing is, you know, we're only doing the bidding of the government anyway. And I think that's part of the other reason why people say death to America, death to the system, because it's we're in here f- fighting their wars for them on top of the whole Gaza situation. It's an open, I mean, hey, you know, I, I, people may disagree. I mean, that's fine. We we all bleed the same color, but we're, we're born to disagree. You know, it's an open air prison. Imagine living in a shoebox and somebody opens up the shoebox and then they're dropping bombs inside the shoebox. Like, come on, like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want that done to you. Why would you want that done for somebody else? Well, I was going to interject, but I think there's something that uh, Rob needs to uh, um, respond to right away. So go ahead, Rob. So I get, I get the point, you know, people saying that, but it's basic to me, it comes down to, it has nothing to do with what the reality is of American government. People are just repeating Hamas tropes, you know, Israel's the little Satan, America's the big Satan, death to Israel, death to America. This is not coming when we're when we're protesting big pharma or we're uh, protesting the military industrial complex. This is basically, you know, if you want to say a pro-Palestine, pro-whatever march, it's coming. It's repeating their catchphrase. We keep going back to the original thing. It's the catchphrase that are being used. So I can understand the ideals, okay, we want to death to these American ideals of big pharma and, you know, like I said, the military industrial complex. This is coming in a repeat of what goes on, what the Hamas protesters are literally saying. You know, it's just they're saying it in English versus them saying it in Arabic. That's one of the one thing. Two is Slater. I understand the narrative that everybody's feeding about an open air prison, but have you? You got to look at Gaza. Yes, right now there's parts of northern Gaza that's a war zone, and it looks crazy. But Gaza it happens to be one of the most beautiful places in the Middle East. It literally is. I remember going there in the eighties before all this happened. Uh, so. And it's still like that today. You got to look at the overall picture. Uh, there's also a border with Egypt that's closed by Egypt for a reason. You know, those are the same, you know, they may be, may be different cultures, but Egypt is keeping it closed for their own security. So calling it an open air, air prison it's kind of funny because you can go to certain places in Gaza. I'm not saying right now because everybody is scared for what happened. But if you went there three months ago, 
you would have enjoyed it. It was it's literally a beautiful place, beautiful beaches. It's literally one of the nicest places in that country. And that's just a catchphrase again, open air prison. Because it's really not that. That's all I'm gonna say to that. I hear you, Rob. I, I you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not like vast in the situation, but there's also there's also things about the the Israeli government that's really weird. Like they they're they're calorie counting. You know what I mean? And that's a human fact. There's even there's even there's even sayings from Netanyahu. Now, now I don't know if anybody is is pro Netanyahu in here. Like there's there's certain conversations that he's had with the media saying that like oh I'm just I'm just trying to make sure that the that the Palestinians are eating right and healthy. Dude, you're starving under death. So like there's there's parts of this that yeah of course Rob yeah we don't really know what's going on over there and we don't really know what the structures are like. But you can you. Can, no, you could talk. but I can tell I can tell I can tell you a lot of the situation that's going on because, you know, my family's from there. My kids are currently out there. My son happened to rejoin his unit. A week I hope ago. your kids come home safe, uh, brother. Thank you. And I hope everybody who believes in whatever you believe in, pray for them because I want them home safe myself. Oh, my God, I'm going to break out anyway. So to me, listen, I get I get all everything that goes on but like people are saying okay israel shuts off the power first of all yeah 30 30 or 40 percent of the power comes from israel uh 10 percent of the water comes from israel so yeah so you know like oh they put a siege on them they shut off everything but you know what shut off the lights above you can see the hospitals are still lit because those are lit you can see the tunnels are still lit because, you know, Hamas, that's what they want. When you minimize what they have, they're going to use it for their benefit. You know, the United Nations built water lines over there for years. I mean, this is going for, for the last, since 05. That's what they did. There's a, there's a great water aquifer in Gaza that can literally give the, every, every person water. United Nations built the water lines. What did Hamas do? They cut out the water, you know, the pipes to create weapons. So they are doing it to their own people, but yet Israel gets the blame for it. And I'm not saying Israel's perfect because they are definitely, definitely not perfect. And they are not, you know, and I don't know a lot of people who were a fan of Netanyahu before October 7th because, you know, there were protests all over the country to get rid of him for the things that he wanted to do. He kind of came off at times being a little Trumpish, if we want to go into that, you know, with changing the, you know, their judges and so on and so forth, the Supreme Court. It was kind of insane. So, he, but, you know, when the tragedy happened, just like 9-11, the country became united and stopped all that, you know, and said, okay, you are the leader now. We're going to have to, we deal with you and so on and so forth. So we're going to put our trust in you. But, you know, after this is over, first of all, a lot of investigations are going to go on is how did this come to fruition? Because Israel's supposed to be, you know, on constant alert. And how is this able to go down? So that's going to be investigations. A lot of people are going to go under for that. 
I don't think Netanyahu is going to be reelected as prime minister after this is done. But as of right now, the country is united because of the tragic events. Like I'm comparing to 9-11 when, you know, when the towers went down, we just wanted, you know, blood. You know what I'm saying? And we just wanted somebody to get paid back for what they did to our country. Didn't didn't matter who, even though I believe we went after the wrong people. But that's a whole other topic. Hey, Rob, I just want to say this to you real quick. No, no disrespect to you, brother, because you have some amazing takes. And I've learned a lot from you the last few, you know, the few months that I've known you. I think the only disagreement that I have with you on this whole situation is the insurgent part. Like there's open like there's insurgents that 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 and, and, I, and I think you touched on it earlier when you said you know uh, uh, um that israel is not you know the the main hero here like they have their own little crosses to bear like they have people that are planted in the country who who were gunning down palestinians so it's it's hard for me to feel bad too and and, and this is and this is a proven fact i gotta i'll pull them up for you later on if i can find the the, um, they have certain settlers that are there who are openly messing with the Palestinians who are trying to escape. So it's like, like I understand we're talking about you know if you're trying to if you're looking for if you're looking for Hamas, go look for Hamas. But but you can't be lumping in the other settlers. I um, can't be lumping in settlers and be sitting there talking about Hamas and gunning down people once they're supposed to go from north to south. It's 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 hard to have people on your side when you're doing that type of stuff. But I hear what you're saying, Rob. Well, I totally understand. Um, well, let, let me see. Let me see if I understand something. Go ahead. Um, the thing with Hamas is Hamas mixes in with with the um, with the general population, and from from my understanding, just from and I'm no expert on it, but my understanding is they've they've mixed in and they've they've built a series of tunnels. And a lot of times, these tunnels run underneath the hospitals. They run run in other places, things of that nature. Um, I'm no big supporter of Netanyahu myself. Um, I, I think Netanyahu is a or the Likud party in general. I, I'm not, I'm no big supporter of, of, of what they do because I, I remember back to um, Yitzhak Rabin, and I remember the the, the atmosphere that was created. Um, right before he was assassinated and, and Netanyahu played a big part, played a big role in that. So I, I know what he is. It's not, it's the, it's the, so that's not the party that's going to, that's going to um, directly look for peace or, 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 or not look to, to react aggressively in this case, whether rightfully so or not. But in, in regards to uh, Hamas, Hamas has has definitely um, intertwined themselves with the general public, and it it reminds me in a way um, of what went on in Fallujah um, in the Iraq War, and where the American soldiers oftentimes had to go in and and fight door to door combat. In this case, so th- there's there's no innocent party in in that regard, other than the people who were snatched from the other side. Other than the general population of 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 Palestine of the um of the Palestinians and uh, the people who were snatched and attacked in Israel that day, 
but Hamas Hamas definitely had their their hands dirty. Um, like I said, I have no love at all for Netanyahu for a number of reasons. And and I agree with you. So I'm only going to do is quote my father, who actually fought for Israel after he came out of concentration camp and went to Israel and from there came to America. And that's where I came about. But anyway, uh, my father always said you get further with honey than you get with vinegar. And the problem is, is when Israel got their independence, they they the rest of the Arab population that was against them and through the Six-Day War, Yom Kippur War, and all the other wars that they went through, they treated the rest of the Arab world, I'm not going to say Muslim, the rest of the Arab world, like with vinegar versus Hamas came in to the Palestinians with honey. They created daycares. They created clinics. They created a school system. And they were able to get to the hearts and minds of the people to effectively indoctrinate them into the hatred of Israel, which Israel could have done and it would have been done years ago. It would have been fine years ago. You know, there are two million plus Arabs living in Israel that do not want to go to the Palestinian areas, you know, but those they they treated even though they aren't treated as well as Israelis and others, but they're still part members of the Knesset, which is their government, parliament, uh, and so on and so forth. But the way Israel handled the situation, instead of struck, you know, building structures and creating an environment to, to create something, that's where Israel failed. And Hamas, because of that, was able to come in and do what they do. And that's where Israel has their biggest issue on from years ago on their major failure. So that's what I'll end there. Thank you for allowing me to speak on it. Hey, hey Rob, don't go yet, man, because I got a I got a question for you, brother. Like uh um and and I'm not you know I I'm, I want people from I want people from Gaza to be safe and I also want your your family and your kids to be safe right but I've I've also read somewhere that the majority of the the people who live in Gaza are between the ages of what 22 is it 22 20 18 to 22 or 18 to 25 something crazy like that like a super young number so like so you can imagine that a lot of those people um you can imagine a lot of those people have joined the Hamas it's like they don't really know. So, like, my question to, I mean, and I know you wouldn't really know the answer to this, but, like, and I don't want to come off as some, like, oh, I'm pro-terrorist or anything like that, but what's a young person supposed to do when it comes to their houses being bombed and stuff like that? And I don't want nobody getting hurt, but it's, like, it's almost like the Osama bin Laden thing, like, or you have people who, even in our country, we, we, bomb, these, we bomb these other countries, and then they turn out to be terrorists it's like what what are they supposed to do when we turn their houses and their countries into rubble and then they want to hurt other people like this is why we have but huh but that's where that's where i my politics may differ from a lot of people because yes gaza has a lot of young people and i'm not and i don't want anybody to be naive and like say 
all the older people were murdered and so on and so forth. So all of a sudden, we, the, the country, the average age in our country became 17. A lot of the people that did not believe in the Hamas indoctrination left a lot. They're in Jordan. They're in America. They're all over, you know, in, in Europe, all over the country that, you know, that are functioning well, you know, in society. But you got to understand that this indoctrination started in 05. So now if you're saying that the average age of these people is, you know, is in their 20s, they've been fed. There's a TV show that's compared to Sesame Street that is shown in Palestine where they teach, you know, they say, you know, you know, to hate Jews, to hate Israel. That's what it is. It's it's a program that's been done over years. Just like we say American TV programmed Americans to a certain way. And this has been done. And a lot of these young people, this is all they know. And that's why I fault Israel in that for allowing that. Because Hamas aren't Palestinians in general. The leaders of Hamas don't even live in Palestine. They live in Qatar and they live all over but they but that's who they are but they but the programs that they have indoctrinated young kids from an early age you know like i said they build daycares first then they build schools first i mean you can open up a palestinian math book and say if you're driving down the street and there's eight israelis at a bus stop and you run over three how many are left that's a question in a math book i mean that's what kids are learning and that's and and I blame Israel for this because, like I said, they treated them with vinegar versus honey and allowed somebody else to come in and indoctrinate the hatred instead of indoctrinating, you know, peaceful living. But that's so you're looking at a country in general that are pro Hamas. They voted them in. Do you know why the Palestinian Authority, which is the other part of Palestine, has not had an election in 16 years because they are pro-Hamas and Abbas would lose the election and then it would cause issues over there too. So he's basically right now for the last 15, 16 years a sitting dictator because they refuse to hold an election because they don't want Hamas to come in because then it'll create more problems. You know, and Hamas is a terrorist organization around the world. I mean, that's, you know, but they do hide amongst the people. It's urban warfare. They don't have a standing military. They won't have one. And they want, you know, they will fight between the houses and so on and so forth. That's what it, that's what it is. So we're going to have to figure out a way to get those people out of there because. But that's what that's what Israel was trying to do. Say, hey, go to the other side of Gaza right now. We want to go into this side because we want to clear out the tunnels we want to rescue, you know, the hostages. We want to go in because these tunnels, it's an elaborate thing. If anybody worked in a major hotel or if anybody lived in Florida and worked for Disney, the, the back of the house, the underground, is just as big as the above the house. And that's literally what Gaza is. It's pretty much a giant country where the, the labyrinth, the underneath Gaza, is just as big as what you see above. May not have as tall buildings, but there is hundreds, if not thousands of miles. 
of tunnels going through regular neighborhoods, through the hospitals, and that's where their storage facilities that they keep, you know, underneath to hold weapons, to hold bombs, maybe even make bombs, because regular society, you know, there's been a hospital that Israel's been saying for two weeks now that they want to hit because the Hamas headquarters is in the in in a couple of floors in the hospital and the tunnels go from there underneath it, which is where there's a cache of weapons. And they still haven't hit it because of, you know, it's a hospital. There are patients there. There are doctors there. They've, you know, but they haven't done it yet. So the only thing that they that, in my opinion, that they can do is like tell the people, hey, go away. And come back. We'll clean the tunnels out for you. If you are truly, you know, Palestinians that want to live a normal life, let us fix this mess Hamas created for you. And then and then we'll we can start over from there. That's just- Rob, Rob, you think is a legitimate concern based on history, especially under Netanyahu? Uh, do you think of that? I don't agree. You know me. I don't. I'm not a fan of Netanyahu. But I right. will say, I will say, there are missiles reaching places in Israel mm-hmm. that are severe that they've gotten from Iran or wherever they gotten from. That is, you know, there was missiles fired at the airport now, which is never was in their range. So Israel will have to do something because now. They have weaponry that can reach in places all over the country. Before, they had missiles that were basically reaching the occupied, you know, I I call it occupied land, where Israel and Palestinians both really argue about. You know, even Israelis don't want Israel to be there. But, you know, there's these fundamentalist Israelis that are there, and they say... That was my my question. That was my question. If, If you're a Palestinian... And Israel says, okay, uh, move here so that for your safety, and once we're done, you can come back. Would you be concerned about settlements? And do you think that maybe there but should be some you, type of agreement? agreement but the settlement's already there, too. That's the other thing. Like, there's people are, that's, I just said that earlier about there's, there's people there right now. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know, maybe Rob doesn't know that. Like, like there's Not people that. there right now who are, who are settlers, who are picking people off. Who are pal- like not yeah just regular Palestinians, like. But how do you say they're regular Palestinians if they're coming over the border, and if the border is closed? I so I, I'm not defend. Listen, I don't know what. No, the, I know you not. No, I know. No, itself, no, listen, I know we having the a military, conversation. The we having a conversation, brother. I know you. Right. I know you not down with that bullshit. I'm you know, just saying. I'm, I live in North Carolina. You know. What yeah. I'm no, I know. <laughs> listen, me. Listen, me and you are brothers, man. We sitting up here trying to figure this figure this shit out, man. Like we. You know, so, but it's, it's just. But I want to answer that rule. So okay. Israel left Gaza completely when the Palestinians. In 05. Yes. Completely. That's what the Palestinians wanted, and they did. So, that, and that's, and, but we are where we're at now, you know, and I know Israel, you know, values every life because, you know, there were two hostages taken in Lebanon, and that caused the Lebanon War. Where a lot, that's where a lot of peaceniks in Israel, you know, they call Shalom Achshav, peace now, 
because a lot of people went, their kids went to war, came back with PTSD, seen atrocities and so on and so forth. And that's where Israel became more of a peaceful country. You know, not peaceful country, but wanting peace more than war. But now with these missiles, be able to reach places all over, you know, they can, you know, that's why when you saw when Italy came in, they were circling, you know, over Ben-Gurion Airport before they landed to make sure that all Italian, you know, citizens were right there. They came down, everybody ran on the plane, and then they took off. And that's detrimental to the country. And so now they have to do something to clean up shop versus not only getting their hostages back, but making sure that you don't have weapons that can literally destroy the country. So I don't know. I don't know the solution, but if I'm going to destroy your labyrinth of tunnels and make make you do everything above ground and, you know, build yourself an economy that's very feasible in Gaza. Let me tell you, like I said earlier, you know, when I was younger, we went there. That was the beach. Everybody wanted to go there. That was a spot that sold Lebanon. You know, it was from an Arab that I, my family bought it for. It was kind of like a yoga thing, but everybody loves it. But, you know, they have assets. But the assets that they have, Hamas uses for destruction. And regardless of what's going to happen, regardless, they want to, you know, from the river to the sea. That's what they want. They don't really care about, you know, Israel even living. And I will add one last thing. They, these people, these fighters, these Hamas people, they are bought and paid for from other countries to keep fighting Israel. It's like, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I really don't want to compare it to, but Bin Laden. Bin Laden was paid by America, if we don't know, to fight the Russians. Saddam Hussein was paid by America to fight Iran when the Shah was overthrown. That was what they were done. And they fought for 20 years, whatever amount of years, against the Russians. And they basically became who they were. They were called Mujahideen. And then all of a sudden, they became ISIS. But that's who they were. And after the Russians left, there was nobody else to fight. So then they went after America. So these countries that supply Hamas, want them to keep fighting Israel because Israel will stand up for itself. But if they ever defeat Israel, God forbid, but if they ever did that, then these are still going to be fighters and they're going to spread themselves around to fight in Saudi Arabia because a lot of Muslims hate the kingdom. They're going to fight, fight in the UAE and other country, Arab countries that are not following their interpretation of their religion and that's why they rather have them fighting over there than over here if you get if you understand my comparison
And that's the way it went down. They said that um they said that Saddam had weapons of mass destruction. They knew that because they had the receipts. They're the ones who sold it to them. Exactly. The and you know, and they them. found the weapons of mass destruction, except it was expired for 20 years because we gave it to them. Right. They found the expired ones that didn't work anymore. It is an infamous picture of, of Saddam shaking hands with um, Donald Rumsfeld in Iraq during the, during the middle of the uh, Iran-Iraq war. So, But, you know. That, that's what it is. Anyone else? I see we have a new speaker up here. Reckless, we're listening. It's connecting. Uh, maybe they'll come back. I'm not sure. Oh, Reckless put something. I don't know what. No. Okay, no. This space not, may not be for you, love. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Anybody have anything else they want to talk about? I don't want to talk about anything. I just want to ask. I hope everybody, whatever you believe in, pray for my kids' safety to come home. Thank you. Absolutely. As a father, you deserve to have your kids home, brother. I agree. I agree 100%. You know what I'm saying? A, a, a healthy, happy Rob is good to argue with when the Knicks lose to the Nuggets. They ain't losing. Give it up. Give it up. Okay. Okay. Slater. <laughs> Don't start. Don't start. Nobody beloved, worried please. about some McNuggets. You uh, mean uh, McChampions? But I won't talk about that It's later. all right. We'll we, talk we, about we, that we, later. We had easy work with the McNuggets. I ain't messing with you. Listen. <laughs> see, see, Ebony, you're starting to feel better. You last you see when you talk to me, you feel better. You know, when I'm not around, you coughing. Look at you. You sound like you can sing now. I couldn't sing before. Yeah, I don't want the problems. It's it's okay, Ebony. It's it's hard carrying all these belts around, you know, WNBA championship, NBA champion. It's uh, it's oh Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Just all these rings are holding it, you know. <sighs> you know, it's hard out here being Slater. Who won the championship last year in the, this past season in NBA? <laughs> yeah, never heard of him. Don't worry. You're going to keep never hearing of them, too. If it, if, it, <laughs> if it didn't happen on either of the coasts, it doesn't count. That part. But, T, you wanted to say something earlier. I cut you off. If, if we're done with the Hamas-Israel conversation. Are you with us, Roses and Petunias? Teresa? You talking to me? Uh-oh. Who else is tea in here? I, I'm I'm just saying. You're feeling kind of spicy. I was coming back to you because I know you wanted to speak about the late great Richard Roundtree. But come on. <laughs> yes. 
I was saying that morning, the morning I found out he had passed. Of course, I found out on Twitter. I found everything out on Twitter. I was watching this show. It's called Family Reunion. And it's him, Loretta Devine, and Tia Mowry. It's other people, but I can't remember their name. And I was just uh, getting off to check out Espen. And I looked down on on Twitter and saw Rest in Peace. Right? I could not believe that. That broke my heart. You know? And he was in the last shaft. Like you said, he was working. You know? He was working when he left here. And he never looked sick to me at all. You know? He never looked sick. He always looked healthy. And I thank um, the universe for a brother like him, you know. Amen. May he rest in heavenly peace. Amen. He was. Well, I know that um, you said he was never sick. He was one of the um, first men to come out uh, and admit that he had um, breast cancer. And he, that and was, was years and years ago. Yeah, he, he was an advocate of that. He he, he was wow. a, he was a spokesman on that on men having um, breast cancer. So, but uh, he I mean he worked the entire way through. I remember watching him on um, being Mary Jane. He was Mary Jane's father, if I remember correctly. Um, in the nineties, he worked on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So. He he stayed working. Yeah, he was in movies throughout the eighties and nineties, and of course, even in the two thousands, he was in movies. So that it's, I'm 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 happy for him because a lot of people who have iconic roles such as Shaft, and I'm think honestly, there are very few roles that are are as iconic as Shaft. Shaft is so iconic; it went from um, the big screen to the little screen, and he played Shaft in 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 both roles on on both screens. And so I'm, I'm glad for him that he was able to have a long and successful career throughout. He was able to move on beyond Shaft, which, you know, a lot of people become untypecast. He was able to move beyond that. Um, Black Sportation Flicks, that's one That's one of the major films that um, created the whole genre of Black Sportation Films. Yeah. Uh, and of course, if people don't understand, Black Sportation Films saved Hollywood in the seventies because people stopped going to the movies and they, mm-hmm. they put a lot of those black books out there and that really saved the movie industry at that point in time. Not <laughs> only though, was Fact. the chef. So he was, was a, he was a major part of that. Mm-hmm. He was Shaft's father. With Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson became Shaft. He became mm-hmm. Shaft's father. I thought that was so cool. You know, it was just, he was the epitome of cool. Shaft was the epitome of cool, so he was the epitome of cool. Richard Roundtree. Even the name is cool. Richard Roundtree. Absolutely. Ex- excuse my ignorance on this, right? Because I know there was Shaft and then there was Superfly. To, my mother used to call them, my mother used to call them killer pimp movies, right? But like, I, but, but Shaft was a cop though, right? Like that was like the whole thing. So I was one, always, always asking my mother why she'd call it that. 
You know what I mean? Because I, I guess it was like you said, like the the black exploitation movies type of situation. Because it was always like those karate flicks and stuff in New York City and afros and stuff like that. She used to always make me watch that stuff. It was crazy. Because it was an era. It was an era, Slater. <laughs> no, it's, that's what I said. Excuse my ignorance, man, because I really know what's going. You know what I'm saying? There, because Shaft was a cop that killed the pimps. Okay. And Superfly <laughs> was a pimp. The Mac, he was a pimp. All right. Uh, across 110th Street, that was about drugs. Foxy Brown, drugs. Pam Greer. Yes, Pam Greer, the first lady of black exploitation films. No question. Okay. Black movies saved Hollywood in the 70s. Let's make no mistake about it. And that was no the big and that was the that was the biggest movie of that genre. I remember the big issue with Pam Grier in the Quentin Tarantino movie. What movie was that, that role? The one that came out in the 90s? Uh Foxy Brown. Not Foxy Brown. Um where she played the airline the No, 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 no. Where she played the airline stewardess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Oh, Lord, child, I'm so The young men in my family watched that movie eight million times. I have (laughs) no idea why. I really have no idea why. You have no idea why? No. Come on now. See, don't even do that. We talking Pam Greer. Stop it. Give that queen all the respect she is due. And she still had it in the 90s, child. She still got it right now. She... I remember Pam Greer, because, you know, I'm a little younger. I remember Pam Pam Greer um, in Shaft, not Shaft, in Shane. Remember that movie? That's kind of one of my first times. Oh, Shane. I remember Shane. Seeing her, and she still, you know, looked looked amazing. And that was, you know, uh, about 90s, I think, in the 90s when Shane came out. Mm Mm-hmm. With, uh, with, 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 with Keenan um, Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah. I'm gonna get you sucker. Y'all, y'all want to talk about that one though? We'll talk about that some other time. Yeah, yeah it's later. <laughs> yeah, we, we talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. Sweetie. You know what, Queen? You know what, Queen? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mute myself. I'm just, it's terrible out here. <laughs> You know I'm always going to keep you honest. Sometimes, 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 you know, it's, it's good to listen and learn. Sit at the, <laughs> sit at the knee. Sit at the knee. Sit at the knee and <laughs> learn a few things. School them, brother Donald. School them. I'm, so, I'm so sick of you. And y'all wonder why I come at y'all during sports day. Y'all wonder oh. why I come at y'all. That's why, we get, that's why we get you anytime we can, man. Like right now. <laughs> Don't worry. We're trying got... to impart a little wisdom. A Don't little worry, wisdom got... into you, young grasshopper. Listen, I'm not that much listen, I'm not that much younger than Daru. What is he, what are y'all talking about? Come on. Not not to mention, I got I got big I blew up big photos of y'all, 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 y'all avatars, and I got them across my room and I just throw darts at them during the day when I come <laughs> home from work. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Queen was fucking with me today. I'm just th- just throw darts at him. <laughs> I 
I felt that. I felt that. You feel, you feel that? Yeah. Right in the middle of my forehead, man. <laughs> I felt the pain about a week ago. I think you, you, you're accurate. Listen, man. I've been, I've been hitting. I've been hitting. The kids, been, the kids been pissing me off. So I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just glad I don't have a full body pick. I'm, I'm being, I'm being <laughs> <for> trouble. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know, man. I this world is just falling apart, guys. And it's just, just. As long as we got each other, I can't, I'm sounding real cliche around here. It's getting, it's getting real crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, you know, it's terrible, kinda, man. You're kind of sappy. Yeah, well, I, I am. Be, I'm being yeah. sappy. You being sappy? Listen, every time we're apart, but as long as we have each other, we're gonna be listen, all as long, right. Listen, yeah. listen. You sound it's, like it's you sound like, like Florida. You sound like Florida nah. Evans. All, all I, like I got Florida. is all I got is my all I got is my sports and. You know, my credit card when I want to buy something nice. You know what I'm saying? You, you know? kind of sound like Florida Evans. I just need you to talk about the Lord, then I'm just going to. Listen, I, don't, don't, don't turn me into Jewel Orstein and I'll get a big old we church might, and won't let you we, in. We don't have no money, but we got each other. And as long as we got <laughs> God, we got everything we need. Listen, man. I'm just, I'm, just, get, I'm just finding it weird. Like you guys are talking about. You guys don't take that about, good job, James. You talking about you talking about you talking about losing legends like Richard Roundtree, man. Like mm-hmm. you know all these all these movie stars and wrestlers that I used to watch are dying. It's crazy, man. It's just it's it's getting out of control, man. You know what I mean? I'm happy. I got happy last week because the Brooklyn Brawler followed me on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm hyped about that. You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? That's part did of my childhood, on, right there. Did you yeah. hear him on um therapy and sports? Yeah, you were in there with me. He's with therapy and sports, but not what's his name, man. He was on. Oh man, it's my man's name, and I forgot his name. That's okay. Yeah, that that comes with being over fifty. I see. But he was on. He was on his space. He gave about an hour. He was on there for about two hours or so. Yeah, that was Brooklyn Brawler. That was that was last yeah. week. Yeah, chopping it up. No, he was on. He was on another show before that. Oh, he was—he was in there with um. I know he was in. I know Billy was running the space. He was with Billy. He was with Billy. He was with Billy and them. Yeah, Billy was running the space, and we were in there, and they were messing with him. Man, yeah, he followed me the week before that, and I was just, yo, just—he just sounds like a humble dude, man. He's like, man, don't be letting. He was like, Slater, man, don't give up on your music and stuff. I was like, yo, the Brooklyn Brawl is talking to me right now. This is wild. (laughs) Yo, I got to talk to Mick Foley too, man. Like you know, like I got to talk to mankind, right, Ebony, right. I was hot. Yeah, that's my childhood. I used to love me for mankind. We shouldn't have been. We shouldn't have been going around talking about what does everybody want head though at that age. We no, that's, definitely no, that's shouldn't. No, that's Al Snow. That's different. That's different. You talk. You talking reckless now? <laughs> Listen. Yeah, man. These dudes being spaces. Yeah, it's like this, you know what I'm saying? That's that's our childhood, man, and it's falling apart, man. You know. It's not falling apart, Slater. Don't look at it that way. Just it's the natural progression of things. So we're going to need y'all to hurry up and get on board. Listen, man. Because it's time for y'all to be in charge, but not what I'm seeing right now. I don't want to be in charge of nothing. All right. Yeah, that's a lot of y'all's attitude. I don't know where we headed. Nah, Slater, I don't, I don't believe it. I, I hear you talk too much. You're going to be in it's, charge. It's way too many you, buttons. You're going to volunteer, you're gonna volunteer or you're going to be voluntold. Listen, brother, 
I'm trying to be like you, Daru. I'm sh- listen. I don't know if you see my. I don't have any hair right in my any of my pictures, but I can't mm-hmm. wait to get gray hair like you, man. I'm trying to be like a. I'm trying to be like a fire scientist. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Listen, y'all. Shit, boy. I'm gonna be like a tight on my gray hair, bro. As long as I don't get stadium head. As long as I get that, I'm good to go. As long as I, you know what I mean. You mean the want, George Jefferson? You don't want the George? Nah, Jefferson. I don't want that. You know who I want to look like? Um, who's the who's the guy that um who's the guy that used to be the 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 coach of the um used to be the coach of the, or Herm Edwards? Yo, Herm Edwards haircuts were super tight, especially when he used to be on ESPN. I said, love. Oh. I'm like, I want to be like him. I want to look like him. Herm's in good shape, man. Herm is yeah. Herm has to be about 75 years old right now. Yeah, Herm's in good shape. I, I love Herm Edwards, man. Love her man was. Yeah, man. This yo, yeah, Rick Flair, man. Rick Flair look like he about to die, but he looks he still look good. Like, you know, I don't know. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> Later, they put a lot of wear and tear on their body. What do you want them to look like? They're not, you know, in their thirties and forties anymore. Uh, listen, Rick Flair was on Rick Flair was on EW last week. He barely get in the ring. I, I was I was like, listen, man, just let him roll in the ring or something. Just I don't know, man. I was I was getting kind of scared. That's all I'm saying. All he has to do is show up and give one woo. Yeah, yeah. And yep, make his that's money. All that's all. That's like, all he that needs to do. And that place, stay away from the stay away from the ring. Because Daru, they, they said Sting's gonna retire next year. They said Sting 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 hasn't retired yet. And they were talking <laughs> about how he gonna, he wants to leave a ring. And Rick came in the ring. I was like, man. And one of the wrestlers was like, yeah, Rick Flair's one super kick away and one pacemaker away from flatlining. I was like, oh snap, it's wild in here. Yeah, Jump man. in, Benajah. I see you. I mean, like, just a comment on our things. We're seeing so many, I guess, titans of, like, my childhood. I'm only uh, 24. But even then, seeing people that I grew up watching pass away, even when we're, uh, Eddie uh, Guerrero died in 2005, that was like, what? Like, Yo, that, the Eddie that Guerrero thing was like, wild. Because I was only in, like, first and second grade when it happened, but he was and still is, like, my favorite uh, wrestler. And it's just, like, seeing all these, like, big names pass away, uh, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Prince, and it's just, like, wow. Like, we're seeing, like, an entire uh, generation, like, pass away. And it's just, like, it's kind of, I just, uh, jarring at times because it's just, like, you don't expect those people to pass away. Like, and even then, yes, we're all human. We all have our time, but it's just crazy sometimes to really just see it. It's just like so many of our legends you, pass away. You, even and um, you factor in the fact too that your generation's rappers are dying right at your age or even younger. So it's like, you know what I mean? You losing even your current stars, which isn't fair to yourselves. You know what I'm saying? Because you could, you could be learning from them too. You know what I'm saying? That's like, very, that's... very true. Because even then, um, like we said, it's just like rappers young passing away, like 23, 24, not even turning 30, not even turning 25, and they're passing away too. And that's yeah. the craziness of it as well. There's, there's nothing like um, unfulfilled potential, man. Yep. It's like, oh, man, this one, could, this guy could have been one of the greats. Could have been one of the greats. Or this girl could have been, been great. I mean, you think about it, for my generation, Michael, Whitney, and um, Prince probably passed away within five years of each other. Because I think Mike passed away in 09 and mm-hmm. Whitney passed away probably, what, around 12, 13? 20, 2013? 2012. 
2012. And Prince passed, what, 14? 2016. Didn't, 2016 yo, okay. didn't Whitney's daughter die right after she did too? Yeah. Her, yeah. Her, her daughter passed away maybe like 2015, 2016. Maybe didn't. Yeah, the two years later, two years later, something. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, man. That shit is wild, bro. I see it. I saw your hand, Ebony. I was just trying to press 100. It's, there she it's, goes once a week. It's official now. She goes week. with that. <laughs> Uh uh-uh, uh, press a hundred, put the hand up. Hey, that one of my one of my favorite basketball players of all time, outside of Reggie Miller, and I can't say his name here, but um, is Dikembe Mutombo. Uh, and I found out that he had brain he had brain cancer, and he's still kicking. And I'm like, man, like, I gotta figure out a way to buy one of his jerseys and have him sign it, you know, before he passed, man, because he was a big inspiration about why I watched the NBA. So I'm trying to figure out a way where I can get a good Dikembe jersey and uh and get and get it to him somehow. Or meet him somehow, shake his hand real quick. Yeah, that's and, a that's a that's a great man, man. He came Yeah, I got to I got to meet him once. Did I you? ran into I ran into him literally. Uh we were um and I was in college. We were in like the Galleria Mall in Houston. And normally in the gallery, you'll see somebody, but I wasn't expecting the Kimbe. I came up to this man's hip, like if that. <laughs> I was, I like literally into his hip, and and we were talking, and we ran into his security, and we was like, oh snap, the Kimbe. He's the, like the nicest guy with the biggest smile. He talked to us for a little bit, and we went on our way. Hey, Ebony, but I got yeah. a question. Ebony, I got a question for you. When you bumped into him, right? Did he? Did he? Did he sound like the Cookie Monster when he was talking? Yes, he definitely did. He was he, he his voice is, is very unique. It, it kind of almost sent chills. He was like, he was like, hello, like young young lady. So he's like, we play, you know, telling him we play ball and stuff like that. And he was like, really? He was like, keep it up. Don't let nobody, you know, trying to give us words of encouragement. He was really nice, and he stopped and talked to us for a little bit. He didn't have to do that. So yeah, I got that was one of my random run-ins. I ran into. Two celebrities like that. That was the Kimbe and Kanye. I literally ran into Kanye. I was like, "Oh shit, that's Kanye! Oh, are you Kanye?" He started laughing. <laughs> like, yeah, I am. I was like, "All right, let it, Kanye," because I, you know, I try not to be so starstruck. I was at work too. I think it's only one person that get me starstruck like that, and that would have to be an AI. I will actually fangirl. I will fangirl for AI. So two celebrities. I'm dying to meet. I'm dying. I'm dying to meet Busta Rhymes. And I'm dying to read Reggie Miller. If I can meet Reggie Miller, man, he was he was he he was everything I wanted to be as a kid, man. You 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 just you just you just totally, totally anti this space, man. First you, you, you talk about the Nuggets, then you talk about the Aces. Now Reggie Miller too. Right. Wait, hold on, I'm allergic to that. Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. That's why I didn't even say nothing, Hold on, before y'all jump down my throat, you bunch of Nick <laughs> sycophants, all right? We're, it's all about sports in here. It's about sports. Just because Reggie came to the garden and whipped y'all behind, they got nothing to do Okay, no, it. no. What you're not going to do is think you're going to invade our home. Watch out now. You okay. just go ahead and mute that mic. Ray, you got something you want to say? Because I don't entertain nonsense. Yeah, it's a beautiful drop, Saturday afternoon, and you going to hell with yourself. Right? Drop, you don't bump your damn head. Listen, Enough. What's up, Ray? I'm in here. I'm in here. What's up, Ray? 
I'm in here telling y'all. Pardon me, pardon me. You you are done. Press your lips together, please. Wait a minute. Press your two lips together. Please. Please. You have to give me a few minutes. I'll respond here shortly. I'm just a little tied up. Okay, no problem. Anybody else have something they want to say? Because he has bumped his head. <laughs> what is what are you doing here? He's saying allergic words. Where are you allergic Jump in, because we're not <laughs> listening to this noise. <laughs> this sounds like static. It sounds like static. It sounds like static. Intruder, intruder. That's Man, all I know. <laughs> Wait a minute. Man your post. Everybody man your post. Okay, this is about to turn into a military exercise later. Stop while you are ahead. Please. I just, I just was so vulnerable Please. just now. I just told okay. you my deepest, darkest childhood who I wanted me. Y'all just yeah. pooping uh, all over me. You might want to go join uh, Indiana Space, see if they can help <laughs> you with that. And here we can give two fucks. How about that? <laughs> that part. And you wonder why we need mental health in America. <laughs> uh, I, I told you, I need mental health. I check in at least once a week. If not, mm, <laughs> I couldn't be responsible and I'm a Marine. That's dangerous. So there it is. Anyhow, <laughs> like we were saying, since the later got into the basketball, give me your thoughts on what you've seen the last two games. Let's talk about that. What team could we talk about? Like no, I'm not. Not you, Slater. The lips are still pressed together. I'm talking to my people now. Well, I mean, I Julius Randle, um, he looks like he's become a much better passer. He's passing on time, not passing out of out of desperation. Uh, so, that, I mean, the first thing to talk about is RJ. We got to we have to really give RJ his props. Uh, like I mentioned in the space last night, it comes this point after a while where you just have to say, you know what? This is more than just something that's happening once in a while. This is a pattern. You go from the postseason last year, he played well. You go to FIBA, even though people try to discount FIBA, he played well. And in these first two games of the year, he's playing well. He's a different, he's, he's like a different cat. So when all, all this time when people said he's only 21, he's only 22, his youth was really a factor. Just like any 23-year-old, and going forward, he's maturing. And his game has matured. Uh, he's, he's, he's much more decisive in, in what he wants to do. I mean, he's always been decisive, but I remember one thing that his uh, feeble coach said. He said, you know, I love RJ because we don't run any plays for him but he has an excellent knack for knowing where to fit in and where to get his points. And that seems like to be, that seems to be something that's transferred from FIBA uh, to the NBA so far. Uh, always said that RJ, uh, those two guys would probably have to um, flip roles, Julius and RJ. And so far it looks good. Uh, Mitch. And we had that conversation about Mitch the other day and Mitch is, Mitch is that ankle man. We can. T- I guess. I guess Mitch didn't uh, clog up the paint last night because we won. So that part. That, that part. That only happens. That only happens when we lose. When we lose, Mitch clogs the paint. When we yeah, win, speak on it. 
Let's yeah. give Mitch some flowers up in here. Yeah, you know. People have to people have to um stop using Mitch as a coping mechanism, man. My favorite player didn't play well today, so it's because Mitch clogged up the paint. <laughs> <laughs> not not the fact that not the fact that um we're one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA and Mitch is is saving us half the time by getting offensive rebounds or or tapping the ball out so someone else can get an offensive rebound, getting us second chance opportunities time and time again. Or he 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 has the back of his, his teammates when they get beat off the dribble. He's there to uh, to sway shots or, or or slap them out all together. You know, let, let's not focus on that. Let's just focus on the fact that Mitch is quote unquote clogging up the paint as if that's not how basketball was played for most of the past 75 years you cooking keep man, going big man in the paint now that's a problem all of a sudden that's how basketball was played so you have all these great scorers that scored all these points all these years and and they played with big men in the paint somehow they knew how to score but now all of a sudden because my favorite player is, is shooting two for 20 I gotta find a reason for that Mitch is clogging up the paint. You know, so but that that that's what we do. That's what we do as Knicks fans. Can I um, ask about uh, no, no, you can't say nothing. No, Next. no, no. This is <laughs> not your conversation. I'm sorry. We don't want any input from you. Again, again. Your two lips, your upper lip and your bottom lip, they miss each other. Em, are you able to speak? I was just about to ask about Steve Vincenzo. Don't we? We not. We didn't get there yet. We talking about Mitch T. You had your hand up. What's up? Mitch played his best game in the NBA last night, sis. Do you hear me, Mitch? Mitch was incredible. He had three steals. Okay, he just grabbed the ball out the air, child. He grabbed the ball out the air, passed it to either RJ, Jalen, Julius, okay, and four very decisive, okay, and the commanding blocks, okay. He was there last night. Clint Capella, I did not even know, okay, that Clint Capella had been out the game, all right? Because when he was in the game, he was, he was no, he was He was a non-factor. A non-factor. Okay. He was a non-factor. I don't know where, child, I was looking and looking and looking for Broadway Trey. For ice track, I couldn't find either one of them. All right, they were. They, I, I, I said to my son, I said, you know what? Trey looked like he's trying to get a new coach because they did not seem to put be putting up any kind of an effort against us, against the Knicks. Ice Trey, Broadway Trey. <laughs> You've given was, them too much credit. They were putting up a lot of effort. It was, it just know. wasn't enough, you know. 
That's Not all. when Mitch was in that game. Well, he was the better better one on the floor, you know, in, in that paint. That's what he does that everybody looks past, and you people, know, people every game. To, yeah, people have people under the uh, misconception that that Capella blew that alley-oop. He didn't blow that alley-oop. He didn't Mitch, blow it. <laughs> Mitch jumped up and tipped the ball. He deflected that pass. He sure did. And that's what he threw sure him off. Did. So. And can we talk about RJ? Can we Knock yourself out. All right. RJ Barrett. The one, but we have to see if he's going to be consistent. We have to see if he's going to do this. We have to see if he's going to do that. Okay? That's not no boy on that court. All right? That's not even a young man on that court. That's a man on that court now. Just like you said, Rube, decisive, knows what he's going to do with that ball and how he's going to do it, all right? He had no hesitation last night whatsoever, okay? And you could the confidence in him. Those three balls were going down, child. Now, am I supposed to say pause after that? I don't know. Not necessarily. Just keep on talking, lady. Unless you're carrying it that way. I mean, if you know, I'm I saying it. Now we got us all wondering. My God. I don't even know what that way is. I mean, you, you <laughs> asked me to say pause. You, you, you what were thinking are we talking about? I don't even, about. I don't even know. So, child. <laughs> and Jalen Brunson. Okay. I'm very glad he decided to return to the team last night. You know, the brother was doing his thing out there. Hit eight three-pointers. And even Mike Breen counting them did not jinx it. Because, you know, when Mike Breen starts counting what we're doing, it, it jinxes. us. Oh, the Knicks only have two turnovers in this quarter. Next thing you know, we have 15. All right. Anywho, that's our fault. There you go with that CW. Not in here. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, uh, tell me your thoughts on uh, Emmanuel quickly last night, Rue. Oh, I'll I'll refrain from speaking on Emmanuel quickly last night. Uh. Man, quickly is going to be hit or miss. I mean, that's 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 the that's the player that he is. So last night was the one of those nights. Even the first night, he played well, but he was out there getting his. I think he's I think he's going to um, go through a, through that a lot, especially through the first two few games, because uh, like it or not, admit it or not, he's playing for a contract. If not with the Knicks, it's for, he's auditioning for another team. So um, the young man's been placed in that position, and, and he's going to handle it accordingly. Some days are going to be better than others. Um, I know who did play well last night, so I didn't hear any Come questions. About, I, I didn't hear any questions about him. Go ahead. Um, Mr. DiVincenzo. Absolutely. Um, Mr. DiVincenzo played well last night. He blew a he blew opportunity for a twenty point game because I don't know what's going on with him and these reverse layups right about now, but you know, Devin Chen, 
I've told people I think DiVincenzo is a. I think he he has the uh, ability to be the second best guard on this team. I've said that from the beginning. There are things that he brings to the table that these other guards don't. Um, one play that comes to mind in particular for me is him coming from the weak side and blocking a shot. It, it was it was so nice. Breen thought it was Mitch's block, and then to go back again, he said, "Oh no, that was DiVincenzo that blocked that." You know that. I think the, there's certain play there's People judge certain players based on perception as opposed to uh, what they do on the floor. I think if, if, if Josh Hart was white and Dante DiVincenzo was black, we'd be talking about Dante DiVincenzo's athleticism, his quick t- twitch, and his ability to be a different, always find himself in, on the right spot of the floor, uh, being in a position to make a play. And we'll be talking about Josh Hart as, as a scrappy um, guy who plays with a lot of heart and doesn't have a lot of skill, but plays with a lot of heart. But, you know, I think there's a perception thing that goes into what DiVincenzo, it, it um, hinders with a lot of people. It, it keeps people from actually, in my opinion, um, crediting DiVincenzo for what he brings for, to the table. But I, I think as the season goes on, a lot more of that's going to come out. So I was glad to see that um, Thibodeau made the decision to have him handle the ball on the second unit as much as, as quickly did. So that that put him in a better position to do that. But he has a position. He has the ability to handle that ball and go to the rack as well as spot up and hit the three. So that's that's something that, that he brings to the table that I think the Knicks could have used last year in the uh, Miami Heat series. I agree. I agree. Bellman. I want to just uh, piggyback on what Ms. T was saying about Mitch. He was so disruptive, man. He was so disruptive. Um, He changed a number of different shots. I think you guys just touched on it. It I just wanted to express how Excited I was because he looked well, 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 well. It doesn't matter if we touched on it. Say it again, okay, right? Okay, okay. Say I got you. Go ahead. I got you. I got you, man. Um, but he, he, uh, it was just really exciting because uh, during the preseason, he, uh, it was obvious that he had trimmed down a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't look like he sacrificed any strength. You know, it just seems that he's he's leaner. Uh, seems like he's got a little bit of that explosion back, and he's even knocking down some free throws from time to time. You know, in that first game, so just uh, really excited about that development. He's so important. If he goes down, we have a very capable back uh, backup. But no, I don't think we he can replicate. Of course, he can't replicate what Mitch does. Man, it was so important. Without Mitch, we don't win that game. You know, um, without a, a few different people, we don't win that game. That's why it's a team sport. Um, so. But, yeah, super excited about Mitch. Um, I think if he continues to play like that, you know, he'll be in the conversations for defensive player of the year. You know, probably not going to win it because he's not as versatile a defender as, say, a Bam, you know. But, um, but yeah, super exciting. I mean, and, and <laughs> RJ, oh, man, you know, it, it probably feels good to feel like we have a two-way wing, you know, um, and a lot of the work he's putting in is, Starting to show, and I really hope that uh, 
I really hope that we we don't kill him too much when he inevitably has that bad game. Because, you know, everyone's prone to having a bad game. It's just uh, I think what we're expecting the next step is for him to not have strings and seasons and spells of bad games. But um, I love what I'm seeing from him, man. And uh, I noticed someone who you didn't talk about, Rule. We talked about DiVincenzo. Did we, did we talk about Randall? Not, I, I gave Randall his props. You gave Randall his props? <laughs> yeah, I gave Randall his props. And he's the first person I gave props okay. to. Uh, he's, moving the ball, he's moving the ball in a timely manner. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, he's, move, he's moving the ball in a timely manner. He's not throwing grenades out there. He's throwing uh, – I mean, actually, he's set up RJ on a, a lot of his passes. So, if, I, his, he's not hitting his shot well, but – Actually, the best Randall to me is the kind of Randall that played on the um, Pelicans. Someone who's going to uh, get a few shots but uh, make some other type of plays as opposed to getting 18 to 20 shots a game. I don't think he's the player that can handle 18 to 20 shots a game. But, you know, if he making plays, uh, making decisive decisions um, off of the help that's coming at him and not getting stuck, um, hitting his hitting his teammates on time. Um, he he played a big role in um, RJ um, getting off as well as a lot of uh, the Brunson threes. So I give him credit for that. I see Ebony got a hand up. What's up, sis? Yeah, I've been on people behinds, man. I've been on people behinds. Don't g- give my guy Mitch his props. I'm not with it this year. There will not be no Mitch slander. I will make your basketball takes look silly if it ain't got no proof. Um, I'm I'm not with it this year. Um, my guy Mitch does a lot of things. He does a lot of things that parlays don't show. So I gotta if I gotta highlight it myself, I will. But there will not be any Mitch slander this year. Um, <clears throat> yeah, my guy's playing, and I I had said before the season. I, I, I want to see him make a, a defensive all-team, being that cat candidate for defensive player of the year. I think he can do that uh, because he, he he does so many small things and always ends up on the top elite when you look at the numbers since people like numbers, all those categories when it comes to defensive and centers, especially rebounding centers. Mitch is there. Um so yeah, just uh, like you said, and on top of his blocks, he's incorporated. He's moving well, so now he's getting steals. The game has slowed down for Mitch so much that he sees the defense before it happens. He see he's seeing what's going on, but before it happens, he's baiting people now. Like it looks like you have a lane, and he's like, oh, "I'm here, I'm here, I am here." Um, so yeah, I I, I like what I see from Mitch, and um. I like, you know, I'm not a big Randall fan, so I got to give Randall credit. This is what I want to see from him. Can you make others around you better? Um, that That's just it, and I'm seeing him try to. So I got, I can't, got nothing against that guy. Um, normally when he's, his shot is not falling, everything else falls apart, and I haven't seen that just yet. So respect to Randall. Um, and the fact that he's hitting timely buckets. He's hitting timely buckets. So, so when we need him, he's like, all right, y'all need me now? I, I got y'all. So I love that. I'm just loving the new Randall. I'm not even going to lie. I like this version of Randall better than anything. Um, what did he do? What did he do? He hit, what, six, eight free throws down the stretch? 
Yeah, and and the three pointer he hit, he hit he some timely play. threes for us too. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I uh. I have to give him his props. This is the type of selfless star I need. Um, I liked even with him and Brunson. Him and Brunson playing off each other. Him, Brunson, and RJ, they playing off each other now, y'all. Two-man game between each other, three-man game between each other is a beautiful thing to see. When I talk about team, that yesterday, I watched the whole game, even when they was trying to give me a heart attack with a smile. I watched it with a smile because this is the team that I know we can be capable of. Um, We can be that. Detroit Piston type of doing as a committee where everybody eats, and I right before pregame in in the um space with Brutus and Smitty um I had said I told people that y'all gonna love Dante. This is exactly what I told them. Somebody said I'm not sold on Dante. I said before the end of the season y'all going to absolutely love this guy because you cannot not love somebody who gives his all all the time. You understand? So the shot might not be there all the time, but his effort will be. And he's going to make winning plays for you. He's going to make some kind of plays even when people kill him in the first game. I seen his playmaking ability. He was uh, one of the ones actually that was plus minus in that game and people killed him. They absolutely killed him and he was one of the ones that's positive and plus minus since everybody likes numbers. There goes a the number. Well, you know, um, with with Nick with Nick's fans, I've learned on here a lot of things is uh, are agenda ridden. So a lot of times, if you're killing Dante, you're killing Dante because you're trying to protect or you think you're protecting one of your favorite players. In this case, it could be either IQ or Grimes. So you think by killing Dante, you're protecting Grimes. But you know, each one of those guys, all three of those guys, just as any other player, they're going to have to prove it on the floor. So it doesn't matter what you say about them off the floor. Doesn't matter how much of a narrative you ride to protect your favorite player, the proof is always going to be on the floor. That that floor is the the great truth teller. Exactly. I think. I think. I think if, if Grimes is going to continue to be our starter, I would like to see them get him involved early on. He seems yeah. like he needs to be in the rhythm. Yeah. Now, and even even Grimes, just just the fact that you asked him when 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 you have a shot to hit it, and so far he's been doing that. He's shooting a good good percentage. Like reward that man. Like I I want to see what a hot hand on the Knicks that's not Julius Randle or Brunson looks like. Like because at the end of the day, that's only gonna help Brunson and Randle. If somebody else is going off. Um, if somebody is going off, that's all going to let. They're going to pay attention to that somebody else. Now Brunson can pick his spots. Now Randall can pick his spots. And I even get to my guy RJ. I told y'all multiple leaps from multiple people on our team this year. I really truly believe that it's going to be like a little bunch of frogs leaping all over the place because RJ. I, I seen it. I seen it in the postseason. Seen it in FIBA. He's figured something out. He is playing at his own pace there is no rushing him there is no and then he's taking what the defense gives him is no forcing either it looks it's looking real easy for him i don't know if anybody else thinks that but it looks easy for for him to me right now i agree he looks a lot more fluid yeah because, like he's playing with the defense at times changes totally speed. agree Totally he agree. He's changing speeds beautifully. Like, you're not the fastest in the world. We know that. So what he's doing, being shifty, definitely being shifty, changing speeds, changing pace, changing levels. Um, He's pulling up in front of – it was like DeAndre Hunter wasn't even in front of him when he pulled up that, that mid-range. There was the, no hesitation. Yeah. That, was the most impress- that was the most impressive play 
for me in that game yesterday. The fact that he yeah. hit that pull up and who he hit it on. Because yep. DeAndre Hunter is a hell of a defender. He didn't and they got, they got history too, Rule. They have, yeah, exactly. They definitely have history. Because Hunter's always played them well. And he hit that pull up on Hunter. I was like, okay, this is a different dude right here. He's arrived. Yeah. And, and I'm, willing to, I'm willing to make that proclamation right now. He's arrived. He's here. I agree. He's here because... to take his team. Yeah. I agree. His team always was supposed to be. Let's go. And, and, and you know, if facts, Queen, you know that the, the free throw, you know how many times he would have had 30, 40, 50 point games at his free throws. So now he's doing that, and you can see the difference in his box score with that, too. So, and he's getting to the line with ease. And that started I, in the playoffs last year. I am very impressed with RJ. I'm super impressed. And, and I, I keep, I know, I say he got that, the grown man strength. He's on his grown man. No more baby RJ. This is grown man RJ. Um, so if we saw a leap like this coming, or if we would have known something like this was coming, would the idea of continuity have gotten such a bad rep this summer on next Twitter? Uh, I don't know. I don't think people just talk out their butt, Ray, because I've been queen of of, of talking about of talking about how a team how a team uh, would look and would benefit us, and how I saw this t- team being exactly what we're watching right now. And people, you know, just kind of ignored it and, and told us, "What's the culture? No, tell me, what's the culture?" <laughs> so. I think just people like uh, All of that. uh t- talking out their butts. You know what I mean? I-, I got a show coming out called No Talking Out Your Butt. We doing X's and O's. I'm there. I'm there. So am I. I think, I'm right there. I think, I, think two things, I think two things could be true. I think um, RJ was always capable of, of making that leap. I thought, I thought that RJ should have been. I think a, a lot of uh, people like to talk about RJ's numbers last year. First of all. They they like to ignore the fact that he was coming off of an injury, that he was playing pretty well before that injury with the finger, and he came back and, and had to fit in, and eventually with the with the acquiring of, of Josh Hart, that was another adjustment he had to make. We can't discount the fact that this is the first time he's really come in without an injury, uh, in addition to the fact that he's coming off a of fever, in addition to the fact that. Just like any other player who played well in the postseason, he has a bounce from that as well. So I expected RJ. I've always thought that um, RJ was getting the short end of the stick on this team and, and not getting um, the full, um, uh, not being able to um, fully develop on this team to the best of his ability. And yeah. there was always someone in the way. Fact. So, you know, this- <laughs> And I remember Clyde said it. I was agreeing with Clyde. I thought this would be last year. I did. I didn't think this leap would be last year because I remember Clyde saying he gave him a three-year window. It was a four three-year window. He said he was going to be a 19-point uh, scorer. He said, and then the next year, which he was, he's going to be an all-star. So everything Clyde had said before was, was you know, came true. So I'm like, all right, wait for this all-star. But maybe he was just a year off. I think it might be this year. Yeah. Uh, one RJ, one thing I do. RJ is more confident. Okay, he's not being swayed by any of that social media crap. Okay, he's not being bothered by it. If anything, he like Coco. It's lighting a fire under him. All right. I seen him talking shit to people yesterday. Did did 
I, I thought love it. Was it. Just me. I'm here for all of it. He was talking big shit yesterday to the Hawks bench. I was like, oh, and you know that the last, was it the last preseason game? He was ready to go all over Nas Reed. Okay. RJ not playing. You just like you said, that's grown man RJ. All right. That's not young. I said it. That's not young man. That's grown man RJ. And he ready with um content day. He said, what did he say? Did he say old man vet or grown man vet coming through? He called himself a vet. Well, he is, and he did That's it the hard right. way. He did it in New York. That's right. He did it without hiding from anybody. He did it without getting an attitude with anybody. Okay? He went his first years getting better every year. He got injured and got a step back last season despite being scorned by the New York fan base. Okay. And this season, I hope RJ is like to hell with everybody. This is me being me, doing me. Yeah, absolutely. It's a game, it's a game change. It's so far so good. So far so good. Um I mean, I'm, I always try to be a realist, although some people call that negative. I'm, I'm, I'm consistent in it. I mean, I, as we are right now, I can see us as a fifth or sixth seed. I, I can see us. I can see it. I mean, because I think the best play, the best teams are still going to take advantage uh, of our limitations height wise. But there are a lot of teams that we play that. And the one thing you have to say about a typical team is that team is going to show up to compete every night. So we're going to be competitive every night. Are we going to have someone who's going to be able to pull it through every night? And that's the that's what we that's what we should be looking for. Well, okay, so fair. that that remains to be seen. But let's not leave this conversation without uh, getting your thoughts on the strong hearts thing. And the, the bully what? ball. Hard sting. Oh. Oh. Uh, he's playing. I mean, he's playing. He's, he's improved so much, especially on the defensive end, uh, from the time he got here last year up to now. I'd say up to the second half of last year to now. Defensively, um, he's he's gotten a lot better. He's gotten a lot. He plays a lot stronger. Um, you know, he almost looks like he wants to play as an enforcer. He's the one. He's playing I like with. The, it. Yeah, he's playing with the no layup rule. I like it. No free layups, man. Grabbing people, I, I see him. You know, he's very He's a he. He's probably one of the better backup centers in the league, if not the best backup center in the league. I mean, I can't think of a team that has a better. Hmm, I can't think of a team that has a better backup center than him. I mean, unless you want to say Portis. Yeah, he's, I can't he's think of nobody. No, I can't think of anyone. And Portis isn't bringing what he does 
playmaking wise. So. Nope. Yeah. Maybe maybe maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe. Yeah, maybe they'll run the offense through him on the second unit a little more, even though they are doing it soon. Yeah, I can't think of anybody that like length wise that we're gonna play. Like we play two of the the two of the teams that are very very lengthy, like like from top to bottom. Besides mm-hmm. maybe like the Clippers, um, I don't see another team like just that lengthy from even at their bench position. Cause like we played, remember we played Boston and they was even on their bench squad. They played two bigs. They were able to play Luke Cornett and Al Harford. We played a, another team yesterday and uh, um the Hawks that are very lengthy. You know they got J- J- was Johnson coming off the bench. He like six nine playing the two or so. Right. So. Yes, I I like this. I was watching that. I think we did a pretty good job. I think Josh Hart actually does a pretty good job playing that four. I'm not even going to hold you. Um, doing what a four which wants you to do, you know, securing the rebounds, getting you extra possessions. So, you know, and I, I, it might work. That remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Slater. You turned it into a next space toward the end. We appreciate you as always. That's all I'm saying. All right. I, you know. Throw, 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 what throw, Slater, bone. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got. He's saying allergic stuff. Stuff he's allergic to. Hey, man. You you want a tight lead. That's all I'm saying. You want an NYK mentality leash right now. So go. Listen, all I'm saying is my team 2 0. You know what I mean? We, 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 you know. We got the Rainer MVP. He out here doing his Doug Dizzle. I think we play the the Cavs next this week. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm happy for this season. What's up, Ray? Nice to see you, brother. He's not. He's uh, he's, he's not on. the Rainer MVP. Don't worry. I know. He should be. <laughs> he should be though. He should be though. Now, that's not the conversation. The conversation is what you he is. You sound like another franchise you root for. <laughs> yeah, y'all got a problem with coming yeah. to what with, with reality. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Indeed. Say it. Because she's black. What, when do we play you guys? Uh, you play us in December. In December sometime. Okay. December. Yeah, the second week of September. Uh, December. I want to say that's right before Christmas, either the 17th or in the 20th. That's perfect. I was trying to get tickets, but I don't know if I can go. That's perfect. That's oh, perfect. early Christmas presents to New Yorkers. We like yeah. it. Yes, sir. Maybe you win a game against us this year. Listen, you know what happens when y'all beat us? We still win championships. That's all I'm saying. Man. You know what I mean? Hey. So we're, we're the champions of the champions. <laughs> that just means you're lucky that, that the, the Knicks not in the West, I guess. <laughs> what, is, what, is, <laughs> what, is that, what does that actually even nah, mean? The West, the, we're the champions. Y'all, we're, y'all we're lucky the that we're not in the West. Listen, yeah. is yeah. no one going to talk about Y'all saved by geography. Yeah. No, no one going to talk about the fact that the West was trash last year? Or was it? Are you crazy? Mm. I don't know. No one, no one, no one talks yeah. about that. That's that crazy? They never talk about don't when the that, East Ray. has a better, better uh, record. Ray, they never that. do that. They don't. They don't. Don't Come say on, that because we had to go through. We had to go through the Suns. The, oh, oh my God! God. The Suns. Wait, 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 wait. The Lakers. You, you saying that? You saying that? The, you saying that the Knicks can beat the Suns? Or or the order or the Kings? Right the Suns. The Suns of last year, where they played together for about six games. Could you have beaten them? Yeah, 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 yeah. we beaten them. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Stop. Yeah. We did. We did. And we ain't scared of the Western no, I'm teams. About, play, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying in a regular season. Anyway, we listen. We could you be talking about last year? You talking I'm about talking last year? Series. I'm talking about a series playoff. How many? Game. Oh yeah, we, we beat we beat in the Suns. I'm gonna tell you why. Because they had eight and, and um, Mitchell Robinson barbecue chickens ate, and every time you see him, they soft. They shaman soft. They got no heart, no dogs. We were let running me, right okay, over let them. Let me ask you. Let me ask you and Queen. Who's your biggest? Who's your biggest rivals this year? Do you think it's gonna be Boston or you think it's gonna be Milwaukee? For the Knicks, Milwaukee. I, I don't. I don't believe in Boston. Neither do I. There's gonna be Philly. 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 Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a, that's a that's a, okay. I mean, because we're gonna be fighting for position. I'm 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 a believer in, in Milwaukee and Boston. So I know I know people said you know what we we did all this and we only lost by such such amount of points. I look at it the other way. They played their first game together. They played us on the road, and they still won. Daru, I ain't believe in them before the game. Like I, I, yeah. I didn't believe in them before the game. And then we could have played like shit, and I still would say I don't believe in Boston. <laughs> I don't believe in them. They got to make me a believer. Uh shoot. But what does that take? Me I mean, what does that take? You know who makes me a believer? Yeah, you know like they already beat you on their floor. I mean, on yeah. your floor. They, I mean, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to make fun. I'm being like, what takes it? Yes, you first. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. No, I'm being serious. You could, you would know it if I was, I was joking. I, yeah, because your, your voice would get a little higher. I'd be laughing. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> Listen, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just, what is it? Because it, because people say the same thing. I don't, you know, I don't believe in this person that, but they be beating. I mean, people be beating them. So it's like, what's the difference? Like, like a win is a win. Well, we, we had, we had. Well, technically, I don't believe in Boston because we do, do have a good record against them in regular season. We actually do. But yes, um, that is true. That's so true. so that that's one, but but even then, I'm I've seen a lot of teams look good on paper and didn't amount to anything. So uh, you got to make me a believer before I say, oh yeah, you contenders, because there's been a lot of times like, oh they contender and they ain't make it out the first second round. So um, yeah, they got to make me a believer. I think they're 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 not very deep. I think they're scarce, and if they get into foul troubles up top, they're in trouble. Um, you know who I'm a believer in? That's just it. I'm a believer. I'm a believer in Drew. Okay, I'm a, I'm a believer in Drew. So I, I know Drew's a, Drew's a different maker. So yeah, when, when, but he, he can't make Jalen Brown go left, and he, he can't, can't give Tatum a heart either. He doesn't have to. So <laughs> he doesn't have to. Man. So they gotta make. Yeah. They gotta he make got, me a well, he got enough heart for all of them. Boston, I don't mean Boston's for real, man. Boston's for real. Y'all gotta make y'all free throws to beat them. Nah, well, yeah. Boston's for real. Let me tell you, like we're Drew, doing all right with the free throws, Slater. Slow now. Drew, Drew has been saying. in a situation before where he's had to. He's come in as the last, the final piece that's supposed the to push you yeah. over the top. He's been in that situation before, and then I remember an interview that he's that he had. Um, and it, he was just talking about that championship run. And the thing that stood out to me is when he said, I don't think people understand how hard it is to win an NBA championship. You know, I don't think you understand how hard it is on your body to, to, to push through and to play that long and to play that hard. And like, well, he's done it, <laughs> you know, and he, he doesn't have probably the rah-rah 
sort of uh, leadership skills that that Marcus Smart was said to have in the locker room, but he goes out there. I mean, he lays it on the on the on the court every single time. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves in terms of what he was able to do when he was guarding Jalen Brunson and guarding Julius Randle in Game One. So, I yeah. believe in him. I, I believe in him too. Is the people around him? I don't believe him. I don't believe in KP I'm not a KP believer I think he's a talented person But I don't think he's a talented All uh, all season type of person Um, uh, That's just me Hopefully him having a little bit more help He'll he'll last But I'm not a KP believer I don't believe it I like Tatum's game But he disappears when they need him most Um, Jalen Brown still can't go left And he disappears too so it's, it's a lot of a lot of you know what ifs with them too, well, and with Milwaukee, I'm still not I'm I'm not still not so much sold either. I get because they lost Drew and what he he gave Milwaukee and what he did for them. I get you got Dame, you got instant offense, but you lose a lot of stuff when you you know remove yourself from Drew Holiday. That's somebody like you said was holding Julius Randle. When your point guard can hold a power forward, all star power forward at that. <laughs> You know that's hard to that's hard to to replace. That's true. So I, I see think, I see I foul think, trouble for Giannis and Brook. I ain't even gonna hold you. I think the calculus that they made is that they have enough defensively to where they say, you know what, we can give up a little defensively in order to improve offensively. So when when you talk about that, you talk about adding Lillard. I mean, he already showed Game One what that's going to do. You're also talking about the return to Middleton. But not only that, you're talking about the addition of Malik Beasley. So yeah, but they, they they lost they lost another defender too. I can't stand his guts, but Grayson Allen defend. Um, I'm not, I'm not, Boston, Boston. First of all, when we talk about uh, Tatum not coming through, and just look at Boston in that Boston Milwaukee series, they were down three two, and you look at Boston, you look at Tatum's game six and game seven in that series. First, they were using Tater, they were using Grayson Allen as barbecue chicken. They tortured Grayson Allen in that series. They they tortured him. I, I don't I don't think he's that good of a defender. And I and I said from the beginning, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes they made was they decided to keep him over DiVincenzo just to save a few bucks. And I don't think that um they ever really recovered from that. I think that killed him in that Boston series that next year. They thought because that they Grayson were, they and Jordan, they thought Jordan Noir was supposed to be next too, but he didn't pan out. Yeah, yeah. They were hunting Grayson in that series, man. So. Yeah, because yeah. Jordan and, and Pacers, he on the Pacers with Obi now. So he'll, he'll be sitting. <laughs> That's true. He was Grayson Fried Chicken. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they were hunting him, man. I can't see how Grayson Allen showed up for those. Um, Runs at Duke in the summer and look Jason Tatum in the eye. <laughs> I, su- I swear when I see him, I think Ron DeSantis. <laughs> he has that smirk. <laughs> I think he's more of a willing, more so a willing defender than a good defender. But, than um, a good defender. You know, but, you know, half the game in defense is being willing, right, is uh, trying. So, right. I mean, I guess that by hey. default makes him a, a defender of sorts. That's what, yeah. That's what Breen gave uh, Grimes credit for last time, because he never gives up. He may get scored on, but he's t- still in your face. 
And uh, that's what I also wanted to give props a uh, shout out to Grimes because he's clearly watching film. He's clearly a student of the game. Um, just to see him guarding up on on Trey the way he was, sometimes he had his his hands behind him. He didn't even have it up. He just had him behind him. Like you're not duping me into any fouls today, brother man. And uh, I I see the growth. I see the growth in Grimes. I need him to um. Cause like I mentioned on Queen them last night, people said Grimes needs to get the ball more. I said that's a two part equation. He gets the ball more. He needs to shoot it more. There were times he he passed up open shots last night. You know you're not going to be wide open, and you should only be taking those shots if you're wide open because you're not helping anyone in that event. Yeah, I you also gotta, think you that be I think... to take those shots. Yeah, I think it's also just him thinking. Um, that's the the short leash leash of the coach that I was talking about that can the, the, be detrimental to your youth. Um, because instead of them p- pulling, they worrying about making a mistake and sitting. <laughs> he shouldn't um, be worried about that. Yeah, but that we, we I guarantee that that's here. in his head. He got he got IQ and Dante on, on his on his uh his tail. He thinking about sitting. I think uh, I think got to grow into it. Yeah, I think Grimes should uh, probably spend a lot more time, not a lot more, but at least a good chunk of time with the bench, because that's that's really where the volume is going to come from. Those are the guys that he was playing with in the in the preseason when he got that volume as well too, um, and hope hopefully that allows him to stay ready or at least to stay hot for when those sparing. <laughs> those spare shots come around when he's with the starting unit. Um, I'm an advocate of IQ starting because I think it would do something. I think it would it, it would cause the team to trust the pass because we move the ball around and we see what happened yesterday. But I think that Jalen and Julius trust and respect IQ in a different way, and I kind of feel that. I felt that way since last year. There were times when they would just hand the ball off to him, and Julius and JB ain't handing the ball off to nobody. Right, <laughs> unless it's each other, or occasionally RJ. Um, so, I think it would spread the floor. He's definitely a willing shooter, and I think there's some cre- some shot creativity there um, to be able to get other people open as well too. But um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Grimes' defense, uh, you know, he's a little thicker, a little stockier, so he's able to deal with stronger, stronger offensive players and stronger wings. I think, even though IQ, I think is just as capable. But Grimes' activity is just it's just it's defensively is just next level, you know. Um, but that volume, man, he he has to get six to eight threes up every game. I think he should get that minimum. Yeah. You know you know the facts of you know what I noticed too in the game yesterday? That when we move the ball, so maybe this will be a incentive for for Randall and Brunson to keep doing it because they see the success and how easy it was, right? Because when we move the ball, a lot of times, a lot of times, it went back to Brunson or even Randall. They they re you know reposition and they were able to get a, a clean look, and I like that. So hopefully they can see that it, it benefits them too, and they want to keep keep it up. Um, I. I uh you know I killed Brunson last game because I thought he shouldn't have been in the game during the stretch of the Boston game. I I didn't I didn't think that we we should we have to choose between two people that were performing in Grimes and uh and Grimes and RJ. 
and you know which one we're gonna play because he had to play. You understand? I get you go with your star, but no, I'm I'm gonna go with who produces. That's what I was telling them. I will go with who produces during that game. It is 81 other games that Brunson can win for us, like he did yesterday. You know, it's other games we're going to need you. Just in that game, we did not need you. It should have been to me IQ Grimes RJ because those are the people that were performing. That that Boston game. That's just me. And, and but what I noticed yesterday was he took what the defense gave him. He didn't force anything yesterday. And um, when they went into zone, he he shot them right out asap. It, it was like as soon as he he seen zone, his eyes lit up and he pulled that three. Uh, you know, so and, and that's just gonna help him because at the end of the game too, what happened? He was able to walk walk into the lane. He was able to get to the lane whenever he wanted to because they had to respect his jump shot now. Yep. But I, I will go with the assertion that Thomas Thibodeau lost game one with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter when he took out RJ when RJ was rolling and brought in Grimes. RJ was even playing well defensively against Tatum. I didn't wow. yeah. yeah. And I yeah, didn't wow. understand why he kept uh Mitch out so long during that right. game. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he took out he took out a dude that was defending Tatum and as soon as RJ went out, Tatum started uh, playmaking again against Grimes because he he was giving Grimes the business. So, but the thing about it was, if you took him out, that's one thing. But you didn't even bring him back in until it was what two minutes left in the game. That made zero sense. You you completely took that man out of rhythm when he was cooking for you the entire game, and you, and you bring him in with two minutes left in the game after we blew a lead. It, it just it just made no sense. So. In, in that aspect, you know, Thibodeau still coached stubbornly, but I will give him credit that I've seen I've seen a change in what this team is doing. So I can't say that that change is taking place, and it's not because of him. So the ball movement is a lot better. It's as it's as good as I've seen it from this team. It's a good thing State's not in here right now. He be screaming at y'all. But I, I'm we talking about now. Nah, we scream back. Talking about what's the culture? Exactly. What's the culture? You want to? I ain't that paying man? them no mind. You're not gonna tell me what I do, what I'm watching, and I'm not watching. Like I'm watching, and you can't tell me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like I I see something totally different than what you're saying. So no matter no matter what screaming you're doing, I see something totally different. <laughs> and but Ray Ray, no one has killed Drew Randall as much as I have this summer, right? <laughs> not a soul. <laughs> not a soul. So. But I'm gonna keep it a buck. If, if it, if it's, if he's playing well, he's playing well. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta call it how I see it. So I try to be agenda free. The only agenda is, is trying to see this team win. If they win, then then that's good. And if he's playing well and he's contributing to him to the to us winning, then that's what it is. If he's changed his game for the better. It appears like. I say I say beware of the folks that that, that want you to, to to not be excited about your team. Uh, that that's just it. Uh, that's my philosophy. How can you not be excited about the the things you, the growth of your team? Like that just means you want instant gratification in my eyes, and that is not how basketball or life works. <laughs> it's not really. I don't even think it's about the team. I think it is about their the own personal agendas. You know. They just use the team as a way to try to get there. It's not going to work. 
But uh, Ab, y'all doing the pregame space? Yeah, we supposed to. I ain't seen nothing go out. Um, they said we was, but when, as soon as I uh, see a, a reminder, or something, I put it. I retweet it. Well, yeah, we supposed to be doing a, a pregame. Hey, we losing tonight. <laughs> oh no 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 no! What you say, Rook? Well, come we're, on, we're what lo- you say? We're losing tonight. I, I know the same. Why is that? His mic. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Did Jesse Adam? Did Jesse Adam do look at the end of the game? They were exhausted, man. Yeah, they definitely was. But we and now they, they I, traveling from Atlanta to New Orleans on a back-to-back night. Yeah, oh, well, let's at, see. Let's see. We're going to yeah, see man, what they made up. Did you see our schedule, y'all? Like, we got, like, one game where it's three games and three days in between another game. And then there's a part. So that me- means every other day we're playing, and then we have back-to-backs in uh, some of those. Okay. It's, it's, no, no. You say okay until you see that on paper, yeah. Queen. Like, it's not – our schedule is not for the a week hard. I know. It's very back. nasty. Very nasty. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very – like, travel-wise, every every back-to-back we have, we have to travel. And the I Pelicans get didn't it. play last night, right? The Pelicans didn't play last night. No, they didn't play. So they're sitting at home waiting for us to come off of a game in Atlanta but we had to play to the last second, and our legs are already – our legs are shot by the third quarter. It just – you know, if, if we win, that's great. But I, I wouldn't I make. I'm win. just saying I, I wouldn't make any judgments off of off of tonight's <laughs> game. Oh, okay. I well, I'm going in with this with good energy. Like we got this one too, some yeah. way somehow, because that's what we do. Yeah, I still. I don't think. I don't think the Pelicans have enough for us. Like, like, like you know, we got Zion, and hopefully. Okay, Trey Murphy's not playing. So we we we, we contained CJ, right? And was it uh Herb or Herb Jones? Right? Herb Jones, yeah. I think I think uh Jose is injured already, right? Yep. You talking okay. about somebody stealing money? Golly, man. <laughs> <laughs> he said spread love is the Brooklyn way. <laughs> I, think, I think it ultimately comes down to whether or not Julius Randle can like put forth a valiant effort to try to slow this guy down. He's the only person with the – he has the perfect build, you know, to be able to at least impact him, you know, not stop him. I mean, no one's going to stop Zion at the end of the day. But but the, my issue is that Julius is still rounding himself back in the form. Like, he, he's not explosive. He's coming back off of surgery, you know. Um, it's, it, he hasn't looked like himself just yet, but he looks like he's playing like a smarter player. And he's, he's gifted enough to when he's not 100%, he can still impact the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I I don't I I don't know what's gonna happen. I, 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 I you know Zion versus Julius on a bum ankle or coming back off an injury. I I don't know how good I feel about that. I'm thinking about but Zion on a, versus on Mitch. I want to see my man meet him at the rim. I want to see what that looked no, like. No, we already saw what happened last last game when some of our players tried to meet what's his face at the rim. All right. <laughs> it wasn't Mitch though. You heard the magic word, Mitch. <laughs> um, I, I can't listen. If I see Mitch get like posterized, bad, 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 it's gonna be demoralizing, man. But it happens, man. It's part of the game. It's part of the game, man. It wasn't pretty when uh, Hart, 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 Hartenstein, and uh, Hart tried to meet um Johnson. The Hart, yeah, that Hart Foundation got dunked on. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, man. 
<laughs> he took their hearts. They both of them. He, just... he took their hearts, man. Heart, heart was on the floor looking like he got hit by the Holy Ghost. For real? <laughs> he, he ain't no way. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, though. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, all, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is, if we lose tonight, I expect if we lose tonight, I wouldn't pull any people going to pull the aha. I seen this, I seen that. All I'm saying is, this is a team that played that's coming off of a back to back, playing a, a team at home who's waiting for them, coming off a, a night off, and it's the third game of the season. Gotcha. Those, those type of things gonna lead. So I wouldn't push any type of narrative based on that loss. That's one of those losses. You know, no one goes eighty-two and zero. Some and, games, you're some sorry. games, you're just going to lose. I think this is one of those games. That's all. Yeah. No one could be and pushing my man Tiz refused to use his timeouts yesterday. Normally, he back-to-back timeouts. Yesterday, he was like refusing. Atlanta had to help us out one time. He was like, right, "Enough's enough. We got to go on this timeout." He just crawled to the bench, man. <laughs> it was like Devin Chenzo threw up a three. It's like, you know, it has no shot of going in. It's like, I don't feel like driving no more. I'm, he just threw up his three. Then Atlanta called the timeout. I was like, thank goodness, cause, because that monster wasn't going to call the timeout then. Yeah, it was one time it was supposed to, I forgot who had the ball. He was trying to do, do a fast break, but it was only him and another Atlanta player over there. Everybody else was behind the play. <laughs> Everybody else was behind the play. Like, I, I okay, okay, I can't do this. What y'all doing? Y'all go ahead. We're going to meet y'all back down here. <laughs> All right, call the timeout, Tips. Well, we'll see what happens this evening, folks. Uh Thank everybody for coming out again. And thank you, Slater, for turning us into a little Nick space. Uh, Rule, you have any parting words? I mean, in the, in the um, great philosophical words of the great uh, philosopher, uh, Mad Nick's fan, Ebony, you could have been anywhere else, but you decided to be with us. So for that reason, I'm grateful for that. Thank Absolutely. You for I hope we all learned a lot today. I hope that's what we do because that's what we try to do in every episode. Other than that, I'm good to good. go. Uh, rest in peace to the great Richard Roundtree. Rest in peace. Everybody be safe. I guess I'll be talking to some of y'all later on after the game. Let's see what we can do in New Orleans. Let's Take get- care and thank you. <laughs>